Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made. And a very good morning to you. Welcome wherever you're listening. Thanks for joining us. Mixed morning as you're waking from Wimbledon for Australia, but we have our first semi-finalist since how long, Heels? Uh, 2005. Have you been doing your research this Layton morning? Layton Hewitt. Good boy. Yeah. US Open. Exactly right. And through it all... Good morning, Patty. Good morning, Good mate. morning. Good I'll morning. get my homework question before I get good morning. <laughs> G'day, everyone. Yes, yes, we're getting a little too familiar, A lot of good we? news around tonight, today, mm-hmm. um, even though Ayla's not a good good news story. No, won the first set. Uh, and we'll hear from Brett Phillips. We'll hear from Brett Phillips early today. Yes, Ayla won the first set, but yeah. just couldn't hang on. Lost nice. a group of games through that second set, uh, and uh, that cost her dearly. But yes, Kyrgios... Is through, and uh, we've got the dream semi. Uh, Rafa took four, nearly four and a half hours to subdue Taylor Fritz. He suffered from abdominal pain. Uh, there's all sorts of rumours swirling about what his future is long term in tennis. Well. Whether he does have any future, <laughs> hey, Rafa. Yeah. <laughs> his future long term. Well, I mean, longish term until <laughs> the end of the year. That's one more game. Yeah. But uh, abdominal, it's pain, not strain. You think it's tummy? Well, you're the doctor. No, well, is it is it muscular or is it uh, stomach? That I don't know. No, the, you know, so I'm worried about him being able to compete uh, if it's uh, muscular. Um, and I'd like, if he pulls out, let's say he, he doesn't play the semifinal, Taylor Fritz should be allowed to come in. <laughs> is that a, no. It's not that way, is it? No, that won't happen. No, um, I know it's a ridiculous. I, and I don't think Rafa will pull out. I mean, look what he went through at the French. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, he, he won't pull out. But look, uh, with Kyrgios, it, like, it or, like him or love him or hate him, uh, it, it's a wonderful story for Australian tennis that we've got someone through to a semi-final again at the, the world's biggest tournament. And he was quite emotional. An amazing atmosphere out here again. Uh, I just never thought I'd be at a semi-final of a Grand Slam. Honestly, I thought my ship had sailed, obviously. Um, You know, I didn't go about things great earlier in my career and may have wasted that little window, but, you know, just um, really proud of the way that I've just come back out here and and with my team and just to be able to put on a performance. Seems his shoulder held up well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doesn't seem to have uh, hurt him. He's he's battled through the third set, and so that was good and a nice little challenge, but not too much. So he's fresh as going into a semi. So he's beaten the Chilean, uh, Christian Garin, 6-4-6-3-7-6. Um, really only battled with his own team, uh, verbally sparring with them. He, yeah. yeah, he was quite well behaved as far as officials and opponents were concerned today, so he's getting raps for that. He was asked afterward, though, I mean, looks at his, look at his box, his dad and his girlfriend and his physio there, but uh, no coach. Uh, I, I don't have a coach. I would never put that burden on someone. Um <laughs> Each and every one of my team plays in a very important role. Um, I feel like I know no one knows my tennis better than I do. Um, you know, I've been playing this sport since I was seven, and to the semi-final of a Grand Slam, I'm I'm pretty happy. So it's okay if he says it. 
right? So what he's always barked up and, you know, and bristled up at is when someone suggests you might be wasting this window of your career, mm. you know, or, you know, would it be a difficult thing to be your coach, Nick? And, you know, he's always <laughs> bristled up with that sort of stuff, but now he's saying it, that's, it's okay. Mm. So, but I agree with that. I think, I think they are overcoached and and in tennis, I guess, is it immediate strategy that's not working for you out there that, that you need coaches for? Mm. Well, you've got to work that out yourself, haven't you? You're not allowed to get it from your box. I'll tell you what, when you look at the stats, I'm just, it's sinking in now. It's been a long time. Well, we know Ash has carried the game for so long and, you know, winning three Grand Slams. But you look on the men's side, we had a chat to Paddy Rafter earlier this week and we realised what he did, won two US Opens, made two Wimbledon finals. But, yeah, our first men's Grand Slam semi-finalist since Leighton in 2005, so it's been a long time. And, again, oh. tennis doesn't have a bar of it that they're not doing enough. Mm. You know, surely they can do more. I'm, I've always marvelled at why we don't have a training complex in the middle of Europe. You know, a, a block of units, uh, an accessible set of courts... Kia sponsors the Australian Open, a fleet of Kia cars, and out you go. Get, get around Europe and play many, many more tournaments and start to develop some performance. Mm. But tennis haven't done anything about it, even though there's a lot of money coming into that Australian Open. So Nick uh, was also elaborating on the uh, the changing of approach. <laughs> is it too late? Maybe it's not too late. Maybe he is destined for a Grand Slam. We've got to remember that Djokovic and Nadal both remain in this tournament, but there's hope. I mean, look, I think my my mental performance against Tsitsipas was amazing, um, you know, given the fact that which, with everything going on um, in that match and I was still able to maintain good level and that competitiveness, I felt like that was almost the most difficult, you know, because a lot of things could have taken my focus away. But against, obviously, today, I was not expecting... Garin to have that level of tennis on the grass courts. Obviously, we know how capable he is on the other surfaces, but my God, that forehand return is going to give me nightmares. I, mean, I came out first game and he hit like three winners off my serve and I feel like I've got one of the best serves in the world and I was like, this guy's good. <laughs> he lost the first nine points, you know. Yeah, oh, so you didn't want, as an Aussie, you didn't want to be watching the start of the match. Well, you I was straight to bed. I was. <laughs> and, man, they were smashing it. And Garin was matching it for sure. And it, it was good. I, I must have drifted, dozed. I heard Rai Bikina, uh start to come good in the second set of yeah. that game with Ayla Tomlanovic. And I sort of must have fallen asleep. And I woke up. I got lucky and woke up and saw the start of Kyrgios. And... Yeah, there was some pressure on. I thought, oh, this is going to be good. Um, but then, and then woke up this morning to the Nadal news. Yeah, well, I kept up. sort of waking up and checking my phone for scores. Right so a quarterfinal in the future in many, many uh, majors it should be games like Kyrgios and Taylor Fritz. You know, imagine that fireworks. There's mm. going to be balls flying everywhere off the serves. So when he got to his press, I mean, he, he, he was the, the darling when he did that courtside interview. And he got depressed, but obviously there was the question about the summons that is hanging over his head and he's uh, due to appear court, in court in the ACT on August 2. And naturally there are questions about that. Look, uh, I understand you want me to give you the answers, but I, I've, I, can't, I can't speak anymore on the issue. Did you know before Wimbledon started or did you learn yesterday like the rest of us? I, um, I, do you want me to sound like a broken record? 
Oh, just. <laughs> he just reverted back to the broken record comment rather than just sort of yeah, yesterday, mate. Mm. Uh, same as you. Yeah, it was uh, a little bit disappointing. Uh, Isla Tomlianovic was asked about it as well. Now, she went out with Nick oh, you know, five or six years ago for a couple of years. and uh, She basically brushed the questions off but did say that she had never experienced any, you know, well, I suppose violence in that relationship or any antagonism while she was going out with him. She handled it with uh, a heap of class. Um, Kyrgios was asked about him maturing. Uh, maybe that wasn't asked after the Sitsipas match, but uh, look, his last two performances, uh, yeah. round, round of 16 and quarterfinals. In the last uh, week, Nick. You think you've matured? Well, in the last, in the last 72 <laughs> hours. <laughs> How much have you grown up in but the last 72 he hours? He has done well the last two. I just feel like I'm more mature. You know, I think early in my career, if I made a third, fourth or quarterfinals, I'd be, you know, on my phone a lot. I would be engaging online a lot. Um, you know, would be keen to go out to dinner and, 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 and explore or just do just do things to kind of, you know, not, not necessarily soak in, you know, the achievement, but just you know, not conservatively just go back to my house at Wimbledon with my team and just put my feet up and get treatment and eat and get good rest. Um, I think everyone has the same goal in my team. That's why it's working. You know, we all know what we've come here to do. Um, you know, I, I made it pretty known to them that I wanted to go pretty deep here and, and, and possibly even raise the trophy. So can you sense the surprise in his yeah. planning and strategy? Well, jeez, I can't believe it. We've done it. Yeah, from that sl- first slice of audio that we had, when this was on, on the on-court interview, he said, hey, he said, I thought the ship had sailed. Yeah. For me to he, get through to a semi-final of a Grand Slam. You know, and he hit the deck, I think, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He was, he was quite emotional. <laughs> he said he was very close to tears. I wasn't there for the interview. He's he's good, too good to hit the deck winning a quarterfinal. Mm. So he's just got to get that into his body next and uh, that, that confidence and belief that Ayla is probably lacking. Yeah, hey, well, that's that's all the tennis. I mean, it's been fantastic. We've got Brett Phillips coming up very shortly. Big show lined up today. Um, have a guess who we've got after seven. We promised it earlier in the week. Don't tell me that, mate. I'm your partner. I know. <laughs> Eddie Jones. Yeah. Yeah, welcome back, Eddie. A legend. Yeah. You know, I was going through his stats yesterday. Um, he's coached on four continents. <laughs> and he, he's his his record is just unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, I want to ask him, um, and it's a question I've asked Wayne Bennett. You know, when we do our speaking gigs and things like that, how do you change the message? How do you have a new message when you've been doing it for so long? And I mean, he's been with England now what seven years? Yeah, I think twenty fifteen, I reckon. Yeah, yep. yeah, and and you know that. I mean, you've been within high, the absolute elite level of cricket for a long, long time. I mean. I suppose it's not the same for a cricket coach to have to change the message just to get you blokes mentally right to go out and play. Well, Langer did, didn't he? Langer had to do it. And he, with Tim Payne, I guess it starts with small groups and the staff, but, you know, first of all, it starts with the staff. Mm. You know, do we believe in this? What do we think where we've got to go? Do we believe in it right now? How do we deploy it? How do we get it into the minds of all our players as to what we're going to do in the, the next how long? 12 yeah. months? Is it six months? Is it one tour at a time? And, and work slowly on it. So yeah, well, you know, these big squads, these big rugby squads must be really incredibly hard to get a message through. Yeah, the man management. Exactly and, right. And then continue training that messages because you know the player turnover. You know yeah. how many injuries there are and are they going out of the squad? Are they staying in the squad, the non-players? 
Oh, you cart around about 40 players. Yep. If you've got a question for Eddie, uh, we're happy to listen to it. Brighton Homes open line is open and up and running this morning, 13 13 55, or that Becker Watt Lawyers text line, 0467 736 736 at 6.15 here on SENQ. Breakfast with Pat and Heels. Hey, can I give you a quick hint on the makings of an exclusive? Oh, yes, you can. We yeah. had exclusive shots of Reese Walter arriving in Queensland yesterday. Yes, righto. Now, I could tell you that it was hours and hours of working the phones and, and, and devoted journalism. Yes, you could. But that's not right, Heels. I know. <laughs> Our Gold Coast crew happened to be at, at the airport. It's what, not Kilgarra, it's Belinga. They keep telling me it's at Belinga, okay? So they're at the airport uh, at the coast. And they're, they're, it's a general news story that they were doing, I think, on airports, to tell you the truth. And uh, a lady has approached them and said, oh, what are you guys doing here with your camera? And they said, oh, you know, we're, we're waiting to get an international arrival flight, you know, just to show them coming through the international arrivals. She said, oh, she said, well, get a shot of my son coming through. Uh, he's coming in from Auckland very shortly. And, you know, uh, sitting beside him is Reese Walsh. Mm. <laughs> Obviously not wearing a mask either. <laughs> uh, no, he, he had a mask on when he came on through, but, yes, uh, he was. I don't think he was all that delighted to see us. We'll go mm. more into uh, into what's happening with the Bronx uh, very shortly. But, yeah, look, we've got a, a great show lined up. Uh, we, we've got one of the legends too. Uh, the mule, David Hosking, is joining us. He's going to be a proud dad because Zach's about to make his debut for the Bronx as well. Hey, uh, it's uh, six, almost 6.17. Traffic and weather next with Vanessa, and Vanessa has joined us uh, in the studio. Morning, Vanessa. Good morning, oh, Vanessa. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How morning. is it in there, compiling and reading all those news? Oh, it's busy. You know, the news never stops, does it? No. No, you're doing great. <laughs> so it's good. And I think Brixie's been working on your own special intro, hasn't he? Breakfast with Pat and Heels on 693 SEMQ. Traffic and weather together. Look at that. Fancy. <laughs> Very fancy, isn't it? <laughs> well, let's get into it. At Chermside West, there are lights flashing this morning on Maundrell Terrace at Hamilton Road. That's affecting both directions. We've got a few emergency roadworks happening this morning. Milton Road at Orkin Flower, Gympie Road at Kedron, as well as both ways affecting Old Cleveland Road at Camp Hill and Cooparoo. Uh, there was a stationary vehicle affecting the Pacific Motorway around the Brisbane City area, but that has now been cleared. Today's forecast we're looking mostly sunny with a top of 23 degrees, sunny for the rest of the week as well, with tops staying around 20. I was go. very impressed with not only that read, Vanessa, but <laughs> your Lions stump heels question yesterday. Oh, what did you think? You were think? one of three that got it right. Okay, yeah. Because Hodgie wouldn't have got it either. Did you hear the Hodgie later in the show? No, he, I didn't hear that he, bit. We had to really hint him and, okay, and goad okay. him into the Zorko. It was tricky. Yeah, yeah, that was a tricky. So question. the last three separate mm. winners of the goal scorer of the year for the Brisbane Lions. Yeah. And the, it was Charlie Cameron. He's done it three times. Yes. Eric Hipwood, 2018, long oh, time ago. I know, eh? I know. Is he that old? And then Dane Zorko yeah. with 23 goals. That's yeah, all. I know. So Unbelievable. Hodgie wasn't even going to get that yeah. one, but you did. Yes. Well, who for this year? Joe Danaher? We hope so. No, Maybe. I think Charlie's ahead of him already. Charlie? Joe yeah. kicks more each, like kicks every game, yes. goals yes, every game. But Charlie, when he when he's on, he kicks, kicks more bag. and he yeah. gets in front, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. So I'll, I'll say Charlie for a fourth. Okay. I'm going Joe. Righto. Mm-hmm. Are you out there Sunday? 
Yes, I'll be there. Yep, can't wait for you the Bombers game. You love going to the Gabba, don't you? I love it. <laughs> I love how, it. How much will we beat them by, do you think? What's uh, your tip? Yeah, I'm going to go for a six-goal win, 36 points. Right, We'll mm. take that. All right, it's 6.19 here, Breakfast with Patton Heels. For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made. Just the solitary traffic report, her first ever for us. And Percy's already in the fan club. Well done, Vanessa. Keep those boys under control. Yeah, she's right? having an impact, isn't she? Now, we need a little bit of assistance, whether you uh, use the uh, the uh, <laughs> the open line on Brighton's open line, 131355, or the text line, which is 0467736736. You've been hacked. Yeah, well, I've seemed to have a lot of funny... Emails, th- over a thousand <laughs> that have come in overnight. Yeah. When I was on my phone last night, my, my phone just stopped. So I th- I thought my battery must have been flat, even though I didn't think it should have mm. been. And uh, then this morning when I get it off charger, it's still off. It doesn't, it didn't come back to life on charge. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'll sort that out in the office today. Well, if you can give Heal some assistance this morning, because uh, I certainly not uh, am qualified to offer any IT yeah, I don't even whatsoever. know why I told you. <laughs> well, maybe someone can help you. Yeah. Brighton Homes Open Line thirteen thirteen fifty five. You could win that Signet Power Bank valued at sixty dollars. What for? What for telling me how to fix yeah. my phone? Well, I think that's we very got signets that's flying everywhere. Have we? <laughs> yeah, very good. We got an unlimited. We got an unlimited stock of them. What about the question, the Brighton Homes question that that could get you a, a Signet Power Bank valued at sixty bucks mm-hmm. if a player chooses another country to represent. Even if it's not a tier two nation, or if it is a tier two nation, should that make him ineligible for Origin? I guess this is talking about To'o, who mm. is is eligible to play Origin. Yep. And now he's uh, said, "I'm going to play for his his country of tradition." Yeah. So I think, I think it's. Quite what do we think? Do we think they should be uh, making themselves available for Australia only, no. or being able to play Origin even if they're not going to play? For play Australia? for their home country. And help boost, yeah, and help boost the international game and Origin as well. Mm-hmm. Is that what you reckon? Yeah, if they've been here before, what is it, twelve or thirteen? Twelve, yeah, yeah thirteen. If they've yeah. arrived in the country, yeah, twelve or thirteen. Uh, you know, that's the one that kept Mulatalo out, obviously, with the Maroons. If they've been here before that, uh, and they want to play for their country of origin, all power to them. Good on them. Okay, what do you think, Lester's? Yeah, thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five. Give us a call and uh, you have a chance to win that Signet Power Bank. All right, let's. Uh, it's time for our morning competition where I won yesterday. Stump Hills on SENQ. Thanks to the Queensland Garden Expo on this weekend. You know when I call the toss heads or tails Mm. and and it comes down either way, do you win or lose? Yeah. Yeah, or do I just lose? I lose or win the toss. You don't. You lose the toss. Yeah. So did you win yesterday, you reckon? Of course I did. How? Well, you didn't get the answer right. Yeah, I lost. You didn't win. <laughs> well, I'm claiming. You know what I mean? I'm claiming you said, it was a rare Well, how did you win? Yeah. You given didn't our, have the answer. Given how tinny you've been the last couple of weeks, I wouldn't <laughs> be getting into semantics, all right? <laughs> so, given that we've got Eddie Jones on the show after, because it's a huge game at the uh, at the Suncorp Stadium this weekend, Wallabies, England, Saturday night, we're going to go with a rugby theme. David Campisi has scored the most try for the Wallabies, tries for the Wallabies, and he's a long way ahead. Who is second on the list, Heels? So Campo, a mile ahead 
on the most tries for the Wallabies. Who's second on this? That's what I'd like to know. As you're thinking about that, I'll just tell you, after 6.30 News, Brett Phillips is coming up. Uh, he'll tell us all about how Nick Kyrgios advanced to the semis. The first Aussie male into a semi-final at a Grand Slam since Leighton Hewitt. US Open 2005. Eddie, as I said, after 7 o'clock, we've got the mule coming up as well. Um, celebrating the fact that his son, Zach Hoskins, we're going to make his debut for the Bronx this weekend against the Dragons Sunday. So a massive weekend at Suncorp, but then followed up by a sellout origin. And then we've got that Aston Villa Leeds game in the next week. We had Al Graham on earlier in the uh, earlier in the week talking about just how they're going to handle that with a massive staff turnover and the amount of money that it's going to pump into the economy. It's fabulous. And uh, I think the uh, the team, who we know pretty well down in Caxton Street Heels over the years, uh, they'd all be uh, shining up as well. The, uh, the Paddo and the Caxton and Gambaros. Yeah. Uh, the I wonder if Peter Gambaros. Volandi's be behind the counter, oh, he'd behind the, reception. He'll have the penthouse suite, I reckon, Pete, now that he oh, I thought he place. might be working. <laughs> working the bookings, the reservations. <laughs> well, maybe. You never know. Maybe he is the chairman. He is a hands-on sort of guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Him doing the dishwashers mm-hmm. in the Gambaro's restaurant. Um, yes, I can peasy, eh? Am I looking for a flying winger? I reckon. I wonder. Um, no, he is a back, though. I can tell you that. Right. I will give you, I will give you that. Barnstormer or a flyer? Oh, he was a flyer in his time. He was one of my favourite players. Ooh, sounds yeah, like, sounds quite old. But as I said, Campo has a, a considerable margin on uh, second. It's Campo first, Daylight second, and then this player. And, uh, yeah, he, you, you would know him very well and you would have loved him and admired him when he was playing the game as well. So that's Stump Heels. Uh, we're very fast approaching 6.30. That means Vanessa has got the news. I'll leave you with that question to think about it just like Heels is doing uh, for the next couple of minutes. David Campisi has scored the most tries for the Wallabies. Who is second on that list? And, of course, right after the news, we talked to Brett Phillips about what's been another dramatic day at Wimbledon. Yep, uh, NRL returns tonight. Sharks v Storm. Uh, a few dramas for the Sharkies as well. So Nico Hines is out with COVID. He was the 19th man in the uh, the Blues. Chad Townsend is rushing from Townsville to join the Blues squad. So that's happened with Nico, but Toby Rudolph is also out. So a couple of late blows and a couple of important blows for the Sharkies uh, against the Storm, who probably need all the help they can get. They've just been a little off. They reckon they haven't uh, copped a, a pasting from uh, from Bellamy in the last uh, few days. And don't forget, after nine, Cameron Smith and Denon Kemp. He's a busy man, Cameron Smith, isn't he? He's trying to get Queensland up for an Origin Decider, and he's up with Denon Kemp this morning on the Captain's Run. Always a great show, the Captain's Run, too. Mm. They're, uh, they're very, very smart analysts, those two, he and uh, he and Denon. Now, for the Queensland Garden Expo, Hills, it's on this weekend at the Nambour Showgrounds. You can get your tickets online. It's a fabulous event. Let's hope the weather holds for them, or you can get them at the gate if you forget to do it online. Um, Stump Hills, David Campisi scored the most tries for the Wallabies. Who is second on the list? You've had enough time to think about this. Fast game's a good game. As I said, he's a clear, well, clear leader. In well, this. a lot of times, uh, a lot of times not good for a lot of things. <laughs> um, so it hasn't helped me that extra time. Um, um, you know, Michael O'Connor, Michael Hawker, those names come to mind. I can't think of many. Mark Ella, um, did he score many? Michael, um, I'll go Tim Horan. Yes, well, you'll be wrong. Mm. A great Queenslander, Chris Latham, right? With forty, compared okay. to Campo's sixty-four. After that, Adam Ashley Cooper with thirty-nine, 
and Israel Folau with 37. What the hell was Horan doing? Oh, I know. <laughs> Horan and Little. I Forever mean, had broken had a, legs. I would have thought he would have been in the conversation for sure. <laughs> so they, what am I up? 3-1. Lie unbeatable that. for the week? Yep, that's done. We're so not. it's 11-7 over the week. Yeah, now, no, I think there's a harsh question. Stump Hills, because as you well know, is not the only competition we're running here on Breakfast with Patton Hills. SENQ's Rookie Recruit. Your chance to be part of the SENQ commentary team in a private suite at Suncorp for the decider. Yes, and time fast running out on this one next Wednesday night, the decider. So what you've got to do is just record yourself calling some of a game. We only want 15 or 20 seconds. Get yourself all revved up, yelling and screaming into the microphone, and then tag us on uh, Instagram or Facebook at SEN Queensland. So that S-E-N-Q-L-D, or email us, pattonheels at sen.com.au. So pattonheels, one word, or you can call us, and this is where Hill said there will be extra points awarded for this if you do it live on 13, 13, 55. Mm. So, uh, the entries close on Sunday too, so you've only got one more day with us mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow and not sure whether anyone else is running the rookie recruit through SEN. Uh, I guess we can just go through the emails and the uh, Instagram pages to find one on Saturday. But Sunday, it's over. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Got to get, get ready for Wednesday. So you haven't got much time. And the prize is fantastic. You get to sit in the corporate suite beside Mark and Sats as they call the game. Best seats in the house. Food and drink provided. And uh, you'll call uh, and be part of that famous call as Queensland win the series. Um, it's 6.35. We've got Brett next to talk about all the drama at Wimbledon overnight. For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Patton Hills on 693 SENQ. Queensland made. Coming up to 641 and thanks to the Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, they provide quality coach education right across the globe. Inquire and enrol at aatc.tennis. That means SEN's tennis expert is about to join us. Another Another night, another sleepless <laughs> night, another night of drama, another night of occasional controversy, but just another riveting night at Wimbledon. Brett Phillips, a very good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, uh, gents. I, I never thought I'd say it. Uh, I t- I'd probably uh, was with Nick and thought the ship had maybe sailed that uh, Nick Kyrgios is now a Grand Slam semi-finalist. Uh, uh, hats off to him. Um, he's got there, uh, you know, with the reward for uh, the performances that he's put in the last uh, uh, week and a bit and... Uh, first two sets today were terrific, pushed in the third, had to really dig deep in that third set. Christian Garin, you know, was uh, trying to replicate what he did against Demonor a couple of days ago and come from two sets to love down. So he did lift his level. Nick dropped his a bit, but then, yeah, once we got to the tiebreaker and Nick was able to get off to a flyer and hold the advantage and he gets through to a, a date with um, Rafael Nadal. It's going to be an interesting watch in the next 48 hours because we thought Nadal was going to pull out of that match uh, today on uh, centre court against Taylor Fritz. He's a set down. He's serving in the seventh game. Uh, hurts the abdominal rib region. He had a lot of taping on there, which he pretty much has had for the whole tournament. That's given him issues in the past. He has a medical timeout. He's looking over at his box. Uh, Dad's sort of saying to him, gee, I don't know if you can go on, son. Don't uh, injure yourself. That might affect the rest of the year. And 
What does he do? He comes out and takes the second set, 15,000 going bonkers for him. I mean, they they lifted the roof off. They wanted him to win. I think that certainly lifted Nadal, and it was a great battle. Uh, Taylor Fritz will have his time, and you know, somehow he pulls off a five-set victory, and the recovery's going to be huge now for Nadal. He knows it. Uh, that uh, if he's going to be right for Kyrgios, he's um, he's got to get that body right over the next 48 hours. Because Kyrgios could be an even better opponent than Taylor Fritz. Would that be right, Brent? Like he's got the serving power and a game yeah. uh, at all at all facets. Yeah, no doubt he'll. So, I mean, you know, Taylor, yes, is uh, what 13 in the world, but that's where Nick should be if uh, yep. he uh, had had the same dedication as Taylor to the whole sport. But um, yeah, so pound for pound, I think. Uh, he, he is a more formidable uh, player and, uh, and Nick looks to be in a good frame of mind at the moment. So regardless of what's going on in and around his life, I mean, today, yeah, there was the usual sort of, uh, you know, on-court, uh, um, uh, you know, outward expression that he has to Nick all the time, chatting away, just giving it to his box, uh, <laughs> who, you know, he expects to be energised. They'd be exhausted, that player box. Uh, they've got to be up every single point, clapping, fist pumping. Uh, he doesn't like when they get, they get a bit subdued. Uh, he, he loves them, but he goes them the whole time. It's a, it's a fascinating sort of um, watch uh, how some players really are so fixated on their player box uh, all the time in this one-on-one sport where they can't help you. <laughs> You're fighting your own battle yeah. uh, down below. But, look, he got the job done. And, uh, yeah, uh, Kyrgios Nadal semi has... Uh, it's It's got the makings of something pretty good, but just as long as Rafa gets himself right. Yeah, well, look into the crystal ball. I mean, what do you think? This is the semi that, I suppose, world tennis, uh, all the controversy aside, has uh, has craved. Well, he's the only man left in the draw that's beaten Djokovic in the Dale, so that gives him enormous confidence. And uh, yes, he, he potentially could uh, win the whole thing. But let's uh, we'll go one game at a time. Uh, you know, Nadal once again shows today shows a younger player, uh, like he did in the Australian Open final uh, last year when he was on the ropes, done and dusted, two sets to love down. That you've got to absolutely land the killer punch to um, knock him out, so to speak. And uh, players. Uh, haven't done that in the past, and you know, Kyrgios has you know certainly got the firepower to be able to do it. It comes down to execution. Will be on centre court. It's a very different feeling. He seems to be uh, a different sort of player when he played on centre to that number one court. So yes. he's going to have to bring the energy. And yeah, but look, I just listened to his press conference before, and uh, he there's something there. It's it's hard to totally pinpoint but there, there's something in him that um is, is is different from the past yes yeah so that um, a much calmer day once again after that media frenzy that had been following him around all day yeah isla tom lianovic took a lot of energy into that first set but then it stalled once again brett yeah started well heels uh tactically i thought played a really good first set she was sort of slicing away trying to you know, get the ball down low uh, tough to hit on the up for um, Rybakina and getting her forward where she's not so comfortable. Uh, so good first set, but you know then you know, Isla dropped her level a bit in the second. Rybakina rose hers, uh, started to really find her range off the ground, and she's uh, she crushes balls basically. Yeah. You know, when uh, when they're there to be hit and they're in their hit, her hitting zone, uh, they're not coming back. Uh, so yeah, outpowered in the end, uh, Isla, which is yeah disappointing. It was a real uh, a real opportunity for her.
Tough for them too, mate. I mean, the first question at her press conference related to her relationship with Kyrgios uh, and his conduct within that relationship. It's not easy, is it, after you've just, you know, you've reached a, you know, not a career high because she, she matched it last year, but uh, to face questioning mm-hmm. like that. I mean, she and, she and Kyrgios went out, what, five years ago? Yeah, been a while. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, those press conferences take a, a life of their own at times, particularly with um, yeah some of the British uh, media over there who aren't necessarily coming there to ask tennis questions. They want to find out uh, other things. But, uh, yeah, look, right back into the place, Simona Hellop. I still think Simona Hellop right now is the one to beat for the title. Right. Uh, once again, cleaned up another opponent today. I mean, Anna Samova charged back in the second, but Hellop led 6-2, 5-1 at one stage, so she's got the glint in her eye of a third major, and um, yeah, I think she wins that, and on Jabir, I think probably, well, no doubt, I think Ons wins the other semi-final coming up tonight up against Tatiana Maria, the fairy tale story, so a Jabir uh, Halep final would uh, be very, very appealing. Righto. Exactly right. Brett, thank you very much. I know you're the, the busiest man in the world right at the moment. You've just finished your broadcast duties and uh, uh, back on with us. We'll talk to you again uh, tomorrow, mate. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Brett. Pleasure, guys. Thank you. I'm just repeating that news from Wimbledon. For the first time, we have a men's Grand Slam semi-finalist since Leighton Hewitt at the US Open in 2005. It's 6.47 here. Breakfast with Patton Heels on SENQ. <laughs> For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made. And at 6.53, Sharks and Storm on SEN tonight. Don't forget, right after the show at 9 today, the captain's run with Den and Kemp and Cam Smith. Uh, you would expect that, but Cam's mail was right on yesterday. Cameron Munster, we were all worried, wasn't in Warwick for the dinner but uh, made his way out there for training. So that was the big news that was breaking, that Munster had intense work on his shoulder, this bruising on his shoulder, mm. uh, back at Sanctuary Cove, and then made it out to Warwick for the training session. What about when he got off the bus at Sanctuary Cove? Must have been cool last evening, right? Mm. He had no shirt on. <laughs> so he got off without a shirt, and so he's hopefully had intensive physio on the bus on mm. the way home. They've got a bench or something in their couch. Mm. But, uh, yeah, he didn't put the shirt back on. Wallabies England on Saturday night at Suncop, and we've got a very special guest right after 7 o'clock. Eddie Jones is joining us. But uh, we've got to talk a little bit of uh, local rugby, the Hospitals Cup, thanks to Becca Watt Lawyers, your building and construction law experts. Uh, Lenny's joining us. Len, now, there's a drama here. Explain this. We're reverting to round four. You've confused me. What's happening? Yeah, look, I mean, I was I was having a look this morning just to see, you know, who was playing, and, and by sheer, uh, I think, um, luck, I've, I picked up that they're actually um, playing the three games that they didn't play in round four this weekend. So it's Easts and Norths, uh, Brothers and Souths, and, and Jeeps and Sunnybank. Yes, um, and Wes and Bond, who played on that week on the 14th of May, are they just having a week off? Yeah, well, it, it does look like it. I mean, and, and this is going to be a really important round because if you look at the um, at the table, it's certainly going to change a few things over the next week because you've got West and UQ at the top who've each played 10, but then um, Brothers, Jeeps, East, uh, East don't play, but Souths, etc. Like, there's going to be a little bit of movement mm. in, um, in, in the table and you would expect that Brothers and Jeeps are, are certainly going to uh, move up the table. Yes, okay. <laughs> Sunnybank have been up and down, haven't they? 
Yeah, yeah. Same band camp. Yeah, they had a, a a pretty pretty woeful weekend last weekend, and and I but I think they'll they'll back, bounce back this weekend. I mean, hey, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, They're um, playing my GPS. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> that's a, I'm not saying they'll win. I have a better game. <laughs> okay, good, cool, good out, Len. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, look, I mean. It, it, It'll be interesting after this weekend. It'll start to sort of iron a few things out, I think, for the rest of the year. So are those three games Saturday afternoon? Uh, yeah. So you've got Easts and Norths at Easts on yeah, Saturday a, afternoon. East yeah. should win that. Uh, brothers and Souths at Brothers on um, Saturday afternoon. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd expect Brothers to win that one. And then um, Jeeps and um, Sunnybank are also on Saturday afternoon at, uh, at Jeeps. And then everyone makes their way to Suncorp. Mm, exactly. Yes. We've got we've got Eddie Jones on. Have you got a question for Eddie that we'd like to uh, fire away from you? <laughs> um, yes, but 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 not probably not appropriate to, Eddie <laughs> to ask on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've sorted that out. We revert to round four that was washed out uh, earlier in the year, and uh, Len Watt from Becker Watt Lawyers has has sorted that out for us. Thank you, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Len. No worries. Thanks, guys. So that's the Hospital Cup. All games on Saturday afternoon, and it's the the wrapping up of round four that yeah. uh, had all those uh, uh, weather problems. Yeah, big hey, lunch out at GPS. It's 6.56 here, breakfast with Patton Hills. It gives me a little bit of time. Uh, we, we spoke, I, I told you the story about how we learned that Reese Walsh was arriving in the country yesterday, and yes. obviously all the news is that he's headed to the Broncos. Uh, where he's going to fit in, we don't know. Uh, he's been, I don't, I, look, I suspect that the Dolphins wouldn't be all that happy that they're not allowed to uh, negotiate with him, apparently. The Warriors have released him on the, on the basis that he, he talks only to the Broncos. Be- because um, he wanted to go to the Broncos. Yeah, well, it's and, and it's... Family issues. Yes. He wants to be back here with his with his child, yep. uh, and you know, the, obviously, that's why the Warriors have been, you know, agreeing to that. But Cameron George spoke yesterday, the CEO of the Warriors, and I mean, this this became a really heated press conference. There's there was a journal who I don't know from New Zealand, so I'm I'm, I'm being told that it's Martin Devlin from uh, from New Zealand. He just went on the all out attack against Cameron George on. How the how the club is being run and, and you know what he perceives is is an absolute mess at the Warriors and, and as I said it, it got very feisty yesterday with the 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 Warriors CEO. I disagree with you. Um, now these situations will occur not only at our club but any club that you know they don't this... seem to be occurring at any other club. though, Cameron, none of the other star players from all the other clubs are wanting out. If you ask Adam Fanua Blake now and he is allowed to answer honestly, would he want to stay for another couple of years? Or, or is he going to lead the next one? You want to let me finish because we have a situation where Canberra let their player go for the same personal circumstances. Yeah, that's that's just a snippet of it. It, 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 it sort of got personal. I, I, I don't know. I thought I was at Wimbledon press conference for a minute there. Yeah. Uh, Martin Devlin hasn't got a great memory. And, you know, the Broncos, there's plenty of players that wanted out and wouldn't come to the Broncos very, very recently. Mm. West Tigers, ask the West Tigers. You've got Adam Dewey saying, you, you play me at 5'8 or in second grade, please. Mm. That's, that's, I'm not playing in the centres. So the, it is happening at plenty of clubs. Yeah. 
Hey, the other one have we got coming up uh, a little later on in the show today, which uh, should be great, Dave Hosking, who was the mule. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned, Gilly said, oh, he said, Zach Hosking. He said, is that the mule, son? You know, he was, they were so excited. So Kobe Hetherington was, is pretty wrapped that Zach Hosking is going to get a run for the Bronx because, as we know, the Bronx are ravaged by origin and injury. Uh, and, and in comes Zach Hosking uh, from the Seagulls, uh, back rower. And, uh, yeah, he's obviously clearly loved around the club. And we'll hear from Kobe Hetherington a little later on. We're heading very quickly towards the news. And don't forget... His... Zach's 12 appearances for the Seagulls must have been pretty good. He, yeah. He's, he's made the most of that. And yeah, he's, he's got a, his chance. He's a popular figure down there at Red Hill because they train with them as well. Eddie Jones uh, coming up after the news. Can't wait to have a chat to him. What a legend he is. Uh, you know, I was just doing a little research on him yesterday. He's... Uh, but he's done so much in this game of rugby. Yeah. Brighton Homes Open Line, love to hear from you today. Uh, 131355, if you've got a question for Eddie, uh, please uh, give us a call and uh, we'd love to hear from you. But right now, it's 6.59 and we're fast approaching the news with Vanessa. IMAR Insurance. Get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made. Straight after the show this morning, captains run with Dennett Kemp and Cam Smith after nine. And of course, tonight we have the Sharks and Storm. Uh, you'll hear that game here on SEN as well. Big news overnight with Nick Kyrgios. First Aussie male through to a Grand Slam semi final since Leighton Hewitt. At the US Open in 2005, it's been a long time ago. We've got our very special guest waiting on the Lions' heels, but I just thought we'd put him in the right frame of mind. Grand Slam could rest on it. There it is. Is that the Grand Slam moment? The kick that brings the weight to an end. As England go into that scrum, thoughts, of course, with Dylan Hartley. Their absent skipper stretch it off. We wish him well. Not on the field to see this. But his teammates are. And England celebrate on his behalf, on their behalf, and for their new coach too, and their loyal supporters. And that new coach is about to join us, one of the greatest in rugby history, a legendary work ethic. He's coached on four continents over three decades, helped South Africa to a Rugby World Cup. He twice, twice reached World Cup finals with the Wallabies and then, of course, in 2019. And I reckon that All Blacks win in the semi-final in 2019 was one of the greatest games I've ever seen. Of course, helped engineer that magic moment for Japan in 2015. Eddie Jones, thanks for giving us your time this morning, mate. Really appreciate it. How are you, boys? All right? I'm very well. I'm very well. So that that CV is is unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> I've been lucky, mate. You know, coaching's <laughs> always about about having good players. You know, if you've got good players, you've got a chance to be successful. And I've had some fantastic players over the years. So, yeah, I've been blessed, mate. I, I said at the start of the show, and it's a question I've asked Wayne Bennett a few times, when you've been in it so long, mate... How do you change the message? How do you keep it fresh for your players? Uh, well, I think, you know, the, the big change Pat, has been particularly in the, you know, the generation of players coming through. So how you used to operate 10 years ago is, is so different to how you operate now. So I use the analogy that, 
probably 10 years ago, I spent 90% of the time at the front of the room. And now it's probably 10% of the time that you, you're playing a more guiding, facilitating role now. So the, the role's changed significantly, mate. And, and Eddie, welcome welcome back to Queensland, mate. We, we hope you're enjoying being here. Um, then facilitating from the back of the room, who is at the front of the room these days more often than, than was the case? Well, it's funny, Hills, I reckon, you know, rugby's always been a player's game. And I was thinking about it the other day. You know, with professional rugby, the coach got pushed more to the front. But, you know, it's like a game of cricket, mate. You know that once you got on the field, the players are responsible for the decisions. And rugby's the same. Um, you know, we're encouraging more and more the players to take the lead. And, and the players, it's more difficult for players these days because, you know, if you look at most players now, they don't have any other life but rugby. You know, they go to an academy. Yes. They then go to a professional team. They never study. They never meet anyone outside a small circle. So we're working really hard to develop the leadership skills of our players. And you're excellent at that, maintaining networks across the world. As Paddy said, you've you've helped South Africa at times to, to success and you've been in Japan and your networks are incredible. Um, for, a, for a little hooker who played way above your weight, um, when, when do you reckon uh, coaching hooked you? Uh, well... It was one of those moments, mate, you know, we've all, all experienced it. I was a New South Wales hooker and uh, obviously first grade hooker for my club, Randwick, and, and our old club coach, Bob DeWile, was the Australian coach. Yes. Big Phil Kern from reserve grade ahead of me. And so I ended up playing the, the second part of the season in, in second grade and, and uh, you know, obviously had a fair bit to say. So the coach said, well, you might as well coach him. So I ended up, <laughs> you know, uh, basically coaching the team and, and we won the comp and I thought oh, I might have a go at this when I finished playing which wasn't too far down the track. <laughs> and you've been having a go ever since, eh? Hey? Like, uh, have you just taken opportunities as they've uh, ar- arisen or have you had a, a real desire to get around the world like you have? No, I, was, I had lunch with Justin Langer on uh, last week and, you know, when you lose the the national job, the job that, you know, the country you love, you think, you know, this is the end of the road. Yeah. And I was lucky enough then to get offered opportunities elsewhere. And I thought, why not? You know, I love the game. I love I love being with players, so I might as well take them. You know, I ended up going to South Africa and then it went from Japan to England and, and who knows what's next, mate. Yeah, no, fantastic. You're the perfect man to talk to JL as well. How did, how did you find he was travelling? Oh, look, mate, you know, I think he's doing it a bit tough, mate, and, and you can understand why. He did a great job for Australia and, and for whatever reasons, um, you know, didn't didn't continue. But, you know, as, as you know better than anyone, he's a, he's a fantastic man. I'm sure that, you know, he'll give value in whatever he chooses to do going down the track. Yeah, that, your exit from here too, you know, obviously left a stain. I mean, are you, are you over that or do you, do you just, you know, that, that was part of life? Yeah, no. Well, when you when you get a divorce, mate, uh, you know you got to move on. If you keep carrying around baggage from the old marriage, it's, you're not going to have a very good life. So it took a while, mate. It took a couple of years, uh, definitely, and then and then uh, you know started to rethink. And, and I think you know initially you're always full of uh, hurt and 
and you probably don't take much responsibility yourself. And when I look back now, yeah, I could have done a much better job than I was doing. And, you know, I understand that and it was probably the, the right decision at that time. So, Eddie, walking back into Suncorp, uh, do you get the shivers? We, we hope you probably do this week, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, is, is it, does it feel comfortable, mate? Well, I thought I wasn't in Queensland this week, Wayne. It's been that bloody cold. Oh, like, no. <laughs> I can't remember it so cold. I've only just been the sun today. Like, I'm looking out over the sun now, and I think, well, we are in Queensland. But, you know, Suncorp's one of those great stadiums. And I always, I always remember uh, it was about 2006, I think it was, sitting down with Jake White, who was the Springbok coach. Um, and we were talking about the game that night, and I said to him, mate, you know, Suncorp's a fast track. Um, be aware. Um, and I think the Springboks were beaten by 60. So, yeah, we're prepared for a fast game. It's always a great crowd there. One's full of forex, and yeah, it's a good atmosphere. <laughs> so we're looking forward to it, mate. Yeah. I tell you what, and, and you would well know the Wallabies have got a pretty good recent record there too. Yeah, well, I think it's a spiritual home of rugby. You know, it's a, it's it's almost a spiritual home of rugby rugby league and rugby union. I think, yeah, the, the best games are played there. They've got the most fantastic atmosphere, and their good record gives us an opportunity, mate. Because every time we've got a good record, you know, you get closer to, for that record to unfold. It's the law of averages, so. Yeah, we've got a really young team. We've just got to make sure we get on the front foot early. Right. So the, my next uh, direction was we, we better talk about this team of yours. Uh, success hasn't been as as often since 2019. Um, and what what are, what are your squad going through at the moment? What stage are you at with them? Yeah, we're at that funny stage, mate, where we've had a few older... I've left out a few older players who'd sort of lost a bit of a the fight and desire to work really hard. Brought a few of them back now. And we've got 17 of the 36 have got under 10 caps. So, yeah, we're, we're trying to find the right style of play for this younger team. Yeah, we want to be more aggressive. We want to play a more aggressive style of rugby that suits the younger players. And we're just going through that little bit of a, a forming stage at the moment. So we, we, uh, we need to play well on Saturday, mate, and I think we will. Hey, there was a bit of niggle there in Perth the other night, which we expect between oh. England and Australia. Yeah, no, it's always good, mate, isn't it? There's no, there's no <laughs> better sporting contest, is there? You know, you look at the cricket and, and rugby league and, and rugby union, there's always a bit there between the two countries. Hey, one of our regular listeners, uh, Grant, has been on the line. He said, can you please ask Eddie, does he feel the game today is over-refereed? In general, is the ball kept in play long enough in international rugby? Well, I think Grant, Grant knows, like, the, the problem with rugby is we've tried to make it a perfect game through the advent of the TMO, and now, you know, every decision's looked at, and rugby's a game of contest, and if you remember, you know, old rugby league, remember rugby league used to contest the play of the ball, George Biggins always used to rake yep. the ball, <laughs> used to have contestable scrums, used to be able to strip the ball, and the referee became a central figure, um, and what they did was simplify the contest um, and rugby league's become such a fantastic game. And I think in rugby, we've got to accept that we want a contest game because that's the difference between rugby league and rugby. We want a contest game and the referee's going to get some things wrong um, and we need to accept that. Um, and, but we need to get the ball in play more. We need to have more pace in the game. We need to have fatigue in the game. 
So, Eddie, do you envisage, you know, the mall coming back, for example, players being on their feet more often than they are these days where the defensive team can just put one man on the ball? Yeah, look, that's that's one way. But, again, you know, defences are so good now, mate, of stopping them all. Um, yep. I, I think the game the game will eventuate that we'll go to a smaller squad. We'll have maybe 20 players, uh, 15 on the field and five reserves. Um, if they reduce the impact of the TMO and the referee will use a shot, uh, like a, a shot clock to set, set the, the scrums, I think we can get a much faster game. Once we get a faster game, as you saw, in, you know, I was watching that State of Origin in Perth in the second half, like Queensland were out on their feet when they had the sin bin. Yes. And, they, and the, you know, the first half was, you know, you know old-fashioned five hit-ups and, and kick for the corner, whereas the second half, you know, the little guys got in the game and they started making breaks and it was a, a good exhibition of, of rugby league. And I think that'll, that'll eventually be the pattern of rugby. It's just how, how long it takes us to get there. Mm. Okay, hey, we're at seven fifteen with breakfast in Patton Hills. We've got the uh, the great Eddie Jones on the line today. One from Murray. Knowing your love of other codes, have you ever been sounded out for a rugby league job, or would you even consider it post your rugby stints? Uh, there's been a, a few sort of uh, would you be interested? But always the timing was wrong. Yeah. Mate, I don't know enough about the game. I, I'd love to do it, but. Uh, yeah, I'd love to coach South, mate. That's the you know, team I used to watch in the age of five. But I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, mate. <laughs> hey, just quickly, one personally, one for me. I know this kid is only just out of school, but this Henry Arundel. Oh boy, well, can't he play? Are we going to see more of him, or are you going to just yeah. going to nurture him? We're going to we're going to hold him back a bit, mate. He's, he hasn't even started for his club. You know, that's yeah. how young he is. Um, He's uh, he's got a bit of. I'm not saying he's campy, but he's got a bit of that. He doesn't know what he's doing. Like training the other day, <laughs> they kicked the ball down in right, and we got this hooker Luke and He's mad as a cup's mate. He yells out, "This score's a try, Henry!" Like he's he's got this. People are, are scared, scared of of what he can do. He's um, unbelievably quick and powerful and and reads the game pretty well. So by the World Cup, mate, he's going to be something special for us. Just wind him up and let him go. <laughs> exactly. Now, Get now, him you off know, the back fence. You know all that speed of play and everything in rugby, and it's great news that we, you can envisage that coming into the game, for especially provincial rugby. But test rugby, it doesn't matter, does it? This is going to be one hell of a clash this weekend. Yeah, no, it will be, mate. Obviously, the series is on the line. Um, Australia's uh, developing nicely. They've got a good group of players, very good coach. Um, you know, it's taken them three or four years to get to this stage. And we've got to make sure that early on we, we make it uncomfortable for them. Because if you get away at Suncorp, you can get right away from it. Yeah. Hey, Eddie, it's been an absolute joy to have you on. I know you're really, really busy, and we really appreciate your time today. Thanks for chatting to us. No, always good to chat to you, boys. Thanks Take very much, care. Eddie. Yeah, best time. Well, we yes, wish yes. you most of the luck at the weekend. Nah, <laughs> I'm giving Eddie luck. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, mate. Yeah. Thanks, Re- mate. Really Bye. appreciate it. Eddie Jones joining us there. And listening to the chat, Vanessa's in as well. Breakfast with Pat and Heels on 693 SENQ. Traffic and weather together.
got a broken down car this morning with a trailer that's on the Brisbane Road on-ramp to the Ipswich Motorway at Dinmore. There's a bit of congestion around Everton Park inbound at South Pine Road. We've got Stretton northbound at the Gate- Gateway Motorway. There's also a bit of congestion, as usual, on the Riverside Expressway from Willingabba to the city as well as the Centenary Motorway northbound between Dara and Jindalee. A few roadworks causing some delays at Milton Road, Orkinflower, Gympie Road at Kedron as well as Old Cleveland Road at Camp Hill. Today's forecast, we're heading for a top of 23 degrees, mostly sunny. That sunshine continuing for the rest of the week with tops around 20. Uh, Vanessa, thank you very much. It's 7.19. Patton Hills on SENQ. For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Patton Hills on 693 SENQ. Queensland made. 724. Uh, obviously, your old mate Percy's trying to drive a wedge here, Hills. Paddy, Vanessa is a gun. Will she take on Hills' weather segment? Well, I think that's already been done. Done. It? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I think you were quite delighted to hand over the weather segment, too. To take yes, well, I was quite patchy. Some days I did it, some days I didn't. <laughs> hey, um, how good was Eddie? <laughs> He's fantastic. Uh, and you know how quickly they forget. Those people over in England that uh, have got him under pressure and over the barrel about performances in the last couple of years are so unfair for the quality he's provided them. Mm. And then he looks at, you know, his his squad, 17 of the 36 have got less than 10 caps. So will they will they tolerate that development time or not? You know, he... He's under a bit of stress at the moment, but uh, really loves rugby. Yeah, well, it's nothing that he hasn't handled before. He's, yep. you know, he's had the highs and the lows, and he tries to look at them, you know, uh, equally. Hey, uh, that, that Henry Arundel, did you see that try he scored? No. Well, I mean, it was all over. They scored two tries right at the death to get it to two points. But the try he scored, oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> and he's only just out 19. of school. Yeah, 19. he's only just out of school. He was fantastic. Uh, now, uh, what's on your mind today, Hills? Now on Breakfast with Pat and Heels, Heels gets his gloves off. Well, Paddy, we, we have discussed the physical skills and the makeup of a Henry Arundel uh, from England, 19 years of age. We've, we've also talked about Reese Walsh, he springs to mind, and the, the physical skills of Nick Kyrgios. You know, they, they are supreme skills. Now, who's shouldering the burden of starting off the teaching of those physical skills today? Skills like running, jumping, catching, throwing, and hitting. My evidence suggests no one is doing it well enough in the early years of uh, kids at school. So not every child will take to those skills and the subjects, and they won't like the lessons of when you're doing uh, sports lessons with those skills being developed. But an early awareness of them is so good for their futures you know, when an 18-year-old friend says, would you like to come and play a mixed netball team? Would you like to play touch football? You have the confidence to be able to do that and, you know, increase your network of friends. If you've just got the basic abilities and a bit of awareness of running, jumping, catching, throwing and hitting, um, they need to be taught at a much better level, at a younger level. We can pile the investment like our state government is going to um, into identifying talent in the lead up to the 2032 Olympics. But if we're not valuing the skills at an early age, our population might not even be spectators in sport in the future, let alone performers. Um, The excuses for less activity in schools is an overcrowded curriculum. For the good of society, I say, make room for physical skills once again. Get phys ed teachers back in there, you know, training and loving the skills 
that a human body can perform. 13, 13, 55 are basic physical skills as important as the three R's. For mine, they are. Spoken like a former phys ed teacher. That's right. <laughs> Couldn't believe it when there was starting to become, in the mid-80s, there was starting to become one phys ed teacher who had a, a rotation of three primary schools. Mm. Now, how did I get around them and, and get good quality physical activity in them? I've always promoted a physical NAPLAN. We should test our skills. You know, I think NAPLAN's out of control and, and taken the wrong way and overvalued and it, it was supposed to be just a diagnostic tool and we should be measuring our, our physical skills in year one, year three, year seven and year nine, for example. At 7.28, we'd love to know what you think. The Brighton Homes open line, it's open, 13 13 55, or that Becker Watt Lawyers text line, which has been busy this morning, particularly with Eddie Jones on, on all the questions coming his way, 0467 736 736. We would love to hear from you today. Hey, we've had uh, good news, and I know Mark will mention this in his update coming up very shortly. Good news from the Tour de France this morning. The veteran Simon Clark, the Aussie, has won stage five of the Tour in a photo finish from uh, Lille to Arenberg, a picture that... <laughs> 20 k's of cobbled mining roads. Oh, I mean, these expensive bikes. Yeah, imagine that. Tiny little wheels they got. Um, now, are you sure they came first? <laughs> well, yeah, so you're, you're talking <laughs> about the night before, aren't you, where the bloke who was second, was, uh, the, the yellow jersey uh, won it by so far that the guy who came second didn't realise that someone was in front of him. He's fed him, celebrated him like he's, he's won the lotto. Yeah, very good, very good. I finally won a stage, you beauty. And he was celebrating second. Yeah, but no, we can celebrate an Aussie victory in stage five of the Tour de France this morning. And it goes to the veteran Australian Simon Clark. I think a couple of our other... Uh, guns had a tough day. There were a couple of big falls on the on this, and we'll uh, we'll check on that. But there, yeah, there are. Uh, it was a treacherous stage. They're saying over the cobbles and uh, doubly dangerous due to dust billowing from the bone dry surface amongst the corn, wheat, and potato. Mm. So it's not hard enough this race. They just throw that at you. Uh, so yeah, a couple of big big crashes on this one. But uh, we've got an Aussie winner in stage five. Need a gas mask or mm-hmm. something. It's uh, coming up to 7.30. Vanessa is on the way with all your latest news, and we will be back with a sports update. Mark Braybrook is uh, going to join us right after the news with Vanessa. Been a big morning for Australia. Nick Kyrgios, the first Australian male through to a Grand Slam semi-final since Leighton Hewitt in 2005. Long time, Heels. That was at the US Open. Not good enough. But when you say that to tennis, they're not listening. He's one, it's one of those little cycles, part of the cycle where a sport's gone deaf. Uh, love to know what you think. Grant's already uh, been on the uh, the text line. Uh, yes, spot on heels. They probably are more important because of evidence improved, uh, of improved learning outcomes due to holistic well-being. Oh, well, that's a good call too, Grant. He's a former primary school teacher, mm-hmm. Grant. Uh, yeah, the, the productivity of kids having done physical activity v not done, done it is better. So that that has been uh, evidenced. Uh, okay. So that's one one part of it. But yeah, n- not more important, but as important, I reckon. Yeah, those numbers are the Brighton Homes open line thirteen thirteen fifty five. Uh, get on the blower, and you could win a Signet Power Bank valued at sixty bucks, or the Beckerwatt Lawyers text line oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Hey, uh, the Queensland Garden Expo. It's on this weekend. Heels at the Nambour Showgrounds. They've been a great sponsor of. Uh, 
of Stump Hills yeah, this week. Have. Get some tickets online, or you can get them at the gate. But right now, it's uh, we're time for a sports update with Mark Braybrooks. Thanks to Shaw Unify. They are your national uniform experts for construction, healthcare, government hospitality, corporate, retail, transport, and logistics. As I mentioned, uh, the good news, uh, Simon Clark getting the money in the, the Stage 5 of the Tour de France. He's just tweeted, right? Uh, a childhood dream today came true. Thank you to everyone who supported and believed me in this 20-year journey. How good are you? How, you, I don't know anyone who would follow Simon Clark on Twitter, but you <laughs> you get your your own Twitter from Simon Clark. You love it, don't you? Good morning, Mark. Morning, everyone. He, he's not following Simon Clark on Twitter. It was an article that's just been released. Too, <laughs> don't blow his cover. Yeah, no, come I'm not. On. Under the bus, no. champion. Everyone thought I was an IT. So expert. what else? Oh, we, well, we know not that. Not an IT expert. <laughs> sports fanatic, mate. <laughs> All I can add to that is with a photo finish, and he's threw his bike at the line. Yeah. The sprint <laughs> yeah, stuff. The cobblestones had done it in. <laughs> yeah. The sp- sprint started. I remember speaking of cobblestones. I remember oh. over in New Zealand on the South Island, where we're going to. My wife and I were on a trip. And we're going to do some walk up some mountain. And the last 20K was untarred road. And it was that, you know, boom, 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 boom. And I drove really slowly uh, because I didn't want to ruin the hire car. When we got back after that, and it was the most painful there and back, the people, the place we're staying at said, oh, no, you're supposed to go about 60, 70, then you don't feel it. Mm. Thanks for telling me now. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I said, yeah. Anyway, photo finish, 157K. Not all of it was on the cobblestones, but, uh, yeah, Simon Clark winning stage five of the Tour de France. Um, One result you haven't mentioned from the tennis, Pat, this morning. Oh, Sam. And Matt Ebden into yeah. the finals of the mixed doubles. So good luck to them. So Sam Nick Kyrgios Stoza. in the semifinals of the men's and Matt Ebden and Sam Stoza into the finals, uh, into the final of the mixed doubles. Some rugby league news. Uh, Nico Hines is out of origin. He's also out of the Sharks team for tonight's game against the Storm because he and Toby Rudolph uh, mm. have tested positive mm. for COVID. There is concern at Cronulla that um, there may be more as well. So this could be the first today may be a pivotal moment in the year. We we've been pretty fortunate, haven't we? We look at, you know, the West Coast Eagles earlier in the year with the AFL, how they were decimated. Mm. We haven't we've had selected players and maybe a couple, but not an outbreak in any team. So the Sharks are a little bit nervous heading into today to see whether there's going to be any more. Back well, I think into the bubbles, boys. I think all footy clubs are like that. We had, uh, I think I mentioned on the show yesterday, I had Cam Rayner and they Sharp. Yeah, they, were, they loved it. They, you know, Benny Davis was there showing them around and all the nuances of, of TV, and they, they want to come back. But uh, it was masks on all the way through yesterday for them. So, you know, all their football. Look, that story about Toby Rudolph and Nico Hines, that's not going to be the last one we hear with, mm. in relation to COVID. Matt Burton and Jed, Chad Townsend comes into the Blues squad uh, for Wednesday night. Matt Burton didn't train with New South Wales yesterday. He has a bit of a calf niggle, so that's of concern there for New South Wales. They do have uh, Jack Whiten in the squad, so uh, there is cover there. Uh, Reese Walsh, um, someone told me he arrived back at uh, on the Gold Coast Airport yesterday, Heels. He was noticed uh, on a plane getting off at no, Gold Coast yesterday. No, we've already spoken yes, about I that, know that yes. Patty, I'm, yeah. Yes, I yeah, saw that on the great, the great Weekender yeah. or whatever they were filming and got lucky, the old Channel 7s. Sharks and... <laughs> and had to be told by that lady. Too. That, that was like a great series of events. Yes, film my son when he comes off the plane. He's sitting beside Reese Walsh. <laughs> I don't know whether the son made it on TV last night to tell you the truth. Sharks and Storm tonight. Uh, that game you'll hear on SEN. In AFL tonight, Geelong play Melbourne and it was confirmed yesterday by the Gold Coast Suns that Stuart Dew has signed a two-year extension. Great um, stuff. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And as we spoke about this yesterday, it has to be player power. 
And, uh, you know, the chairman was there, Tony Cochran, yesterday, and he said it wasn't necessarily about wins or losses. We just wanted to see, you know, everyone pushing together in the one direction and a general improvement. Well, there's no doubt we've seen that this year. They're competitive in just about every time they run onto the field, and the players are obviously behind him. That's given uh, the administrators a chance now to put some KPIs on him. Yeah. Must be finals or you're done. Darcy Swain has copped a two-match ban for his yeah. incident uh, for the Wallabies against England on Saturday night. So he'll be out and there's a few injury concerns for the Wallabies heading into the game at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, Rafa has said he's not sure whether it would be right to play in that semi-final. As you can imagine, uh, he struggled to get through that five-set epic with Taylor Fritz and cooling down, uh, feeling a little bit tight, etc., etc. But he'll be there. There's no way in the world that he will not be there. Even if they wheel him out, Jonathan Thurston, Fonda Matassa-like on a, in a stretcher mm-hmm. or an ambulance, he'll get out there to start the match at least, uh, Rafa. And just finally, Patton Hills, tonight, the Scottish Open, golf open starts, yep. which means the, traditional. the championship is not far away. The traditional build-up. Yep. So there you go. Yeah, good field too. Good field. Hopefully we can uh, get a few up there. Yeah, they're all, they're all over there. Tiger was playing in a big pro-am the other day. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, that time of year, Heels, as you, you've been over there on Ashes tours, of course, it's just wonderful, isn't mm. it? You know, with, with Wimbledon on, with the, the British Grand Prix, with the tour happening just across the, the channel and, the, you know, you're leading up to the British Open, Scottish Open, Irish Open. Oh, yeah. I mean, as I keep saying, if I had unlimited cash, if I was this bloke from wherever he is, Western Western Brisbane, who's won the 30 million in the lotto. That's that's what I'd do, I think, most years, if my darling wife allowed me, mind you. Oh, she'd have a lovely and, time with you. <laughs> yeah, going to the Tour de France and to Wimbledon and, and, and British Open, etc. It's a wonderful time of year over there. Hey, it's uh, 7.39 here, Breakfast with Patton Hills. We'd love to hear from you. Brighton Homes Open Line, 13 13 55, or the Becker Watt Lawyers. Uh, text line is 0467 736 736. <laughs> For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made. Just ticked over 744. Murray's on the line. Mars, good morning to you. G'day, lads. How are you? We're very well. What's on your mind? Hey, look, enjoying the uh, the Gloves Off segment there provokes a little bit of uh, conversation. Hey, I, I was only thinking about that, Heels. I, I just drove past the, the uh, my, my old Stafford State School, you know, the last couple of times, and the ovals there are lying dormant, mate, in regard to the kids playing there and that sort of thing. Yep. And I sort of thought what they should do is reinstate, you know, like a goalpost one end and soccer soccer net the other end, throw a, throw a Vigoro cricket pitch in the middle and like a baseball softball diamond. You know, get them, get them back into the, uh, in the activity and... That will sort of also provide a little bit of a of a natural uh, feed into uh, club uh, club sports. Yep, the, that's perfect commitment, Muzz. And if we're doing that all around the country, our nation will once again be known for that good skills and and very enjoyable uh, sporting play. So so yeah, good good call, Muzz. And thanks for the offer of your nine dollar Alcatel phone. Um, <laughs> having heard that mine's Good-o. been hacked. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no worries, lads. <laughs> See, aside from that, he's been the only one trying to help you after your phone has been hacked. So I think everyone of our listeners 
are obviously just as good at IT as me. Yeah. <laughs> They've got no idea what to do. Yeah, well, if you've let's... got any suggestions on how Heels can overcome this hacking, he's got a thousand emails on his phone last night. And we've got to quickly talk about Sri Lanka test tomorrow, the second test. Uh, so we, we stay in the same venue. We spoke yesterday about whether you're expecting a, a similar reaction from this wicket. But what I, I wanted to, to bring up, because he was asked about it when he spoke yesterday, Steve Smith, on this run out between he and Kawaja. Let, let's listen to the former skipper speak. That happens in the game. I got over it pretty quickly. Um, had to keep moving forward and that's part of the game. So, um, yeah, spoke to us straight after. I was pretty chilled. So, mix-ups happen. So, we'll keep moving on. Yeah, well, I don't know whether it's part of the game. But when you're in a team game, and I'm going to let you go because uh, you played 119 tests, I haven't played one. I mean, I just thought it was an awful reaction. No. And I know it was... Spur of the moment was petulant. Yeah, Steve had didn't even address his reaction. Yeah, you know he he addressed the fact that runouts happen. That's what does happen. But his reaction to it was very average towards Usman and a bad look for himself. Mm. And and uh, you know, but he's just sort of saying, "Oh no, I had a chat to Usman. Usman's normal. You know, when you have a runout, mate. And I'm sorry." But but blah blah blah. But did you have to put your hands up and shake your head a hundred times and look at me like like daggers? Yeah. So, but he was he wouldn't have said that. Um, but it's Steve's reaction that they'd asked him about. Yeah, and you're, um, not, you're he, not the only one of our, of our test greats to have given him a, a bit of a pull through. There's been quite a few. Has it? Yeah. Oh, righto. Right. Um, so yeah, sort sort that reaction out. Uh, what about the Soviet psychologist Vygotsky that Cameron Green's been working on theories with? You, you know, Vygotsky in the yeah. 30s had a theory of practising under severe pressure and your problem solving will improve when you're under just normal pressure. So for hours and hours and hours, he's been practising on rubber mats, spinning balls on rubber mats, uh, extreme pace out of machines, I'm imagining, um, so that he puts everything under pressure so that when he gets into the normal pressure of test cricket, it feels a bit easier. Easier, yeah. And he's making that. it a bit easier too, the way he played very fluently uh, last test when no one else found such fluency. It might be working. So well, let's see how Cameron Green goes again starting tomorrow. So, and speaking of that, who's making it look easy at the moment? England. Oh. They're playing baseball. So Brendan McCullum, new coach, they haven't been beaten since he's taken over. They've, they've won chasing all the time. Four times. Yeah. Bearstow and Root are just setting it on fire. Uh, Steve Smith is not completely convinced yet that baseball is the new phenom. I'm just intrigued to see how long it sort of lasts, if it's, if it's um, sustainable. Um, you know, if you come on, on a, a wicket that's got some, some grass on it and, you know, Josh Hazelwood and Cummins and Stark are rolling in it, yeah, is it, is it going to be the same, you know, that things can turn around pretty quick? So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued by it all. We'll see. <laughs> well, we all are intrigued. Yeah. And uh, we're not necessarily wishing them the best of luck, England, uh, similar to what we had with uh, Eddie Jones this morning. We want the Wallabies to win. We want the Aussie cricketers to win every time they meet England. But he's talking about um, as if they're being reckless, playing baseball. They haven't even been reckless either. Mm. They've just been positive. We're going to take this chase on, set us whatever you like, we're going to beat it. Mm. Stokes at the toss, won the toss and said, we'll chase. Like that, that's a long way off five days. And 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 you're up. You're missing the chance to get early wickets by bowling, um, by you know taking advantage of the the good batting or good bowling conditions up front. So um, yeah, they're, they're positive. They're not reckless at the moment. Yeah. Well, he also spoke. Steve Smith also spoke about the attacking batting. 
So yeah, it looks like we're implementing a lot of that stuff out in the middle, which is, is nice. And I think while we had some success in that first test match, um, so yeah, it's, it's about just carrying on with that, continuing to do it and, um, and being able to do it from, from ball one and be nice and brave. Um, you know, if you wait 15, 20 balls to start implementing your plan, there's a good chance you'll be sitting back in the shed. Yeah, especially the way the wicket, that, that wicket's turning at the moment. Well, that's baseball. <laughs> what he's just described. Don't yeah. wait for 20 balls just because of the sake of waiting for 20 balls. If it's there to hit, hit it now. Yeah, the Aussies won up. They rolled uh, Sri Lanka for just under 23 overs. Cuzzy Bros on the line. Morning, mate. Hey, boys. How are you going? Very well, thank you. Did you enjoy the chat with Eddie? Good. Uh, I did, I did. did you, know, you know he goes to Wallabies. He only had a 29% win rate against England. All right? Yes. He yes. wasn't his favourite team. And, uh, you, know, too, you know when he played... You realise that, so he was a Randwick A-grade hooker, right? Yes. And Bob Dwyer, I mean, the legend, right, he plucked um, Phil Kern from Randwick Reserve grade straight into the Wallabies over Eddie Jones. Yes, he said that. And he, and then he, he I think he won a premiership. Yeah, and he came, he also, Bob Dwyer, man, he, he picked Jason Little and Tim Warren from, from from nowhere into the Wallabies as well. Like, he's a legend, that Bob Dwyer. Yeah, he had a good cool. moment, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are your All Blacks yeah. going? What's that? How are your All Blacks going? What have they got coming up? Well, second test against Ireland. With lots of injuries. They've got no depth. They're struggling, mate. Seriously, we have to put... I think we just have to put Will Jordan on. Right. <laughs> yeah. We should have you picking the team. All right, mate. Great to hear from you, Cousy Brown. I know you would have been riveted to that chat today with uh, with Eddie Jones. It was fantastic to listen to. 7.51 right here, Breakfast with Patton Heels on SENQ. For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made. And thanks to Audica, book your free hearing check at audica.com.au. That's A-U-D-I-K-A, audica.com.au. Have you heard, Hill? I've this heard. Little segment, well, we've, we've played it once today. Yep. I'd like to play it again. He, he was very humble in uh, victory overnight, was Nick Kyrgios, and, and slightly emotional in particularly his first of, of many interviews that you do when you win a big match like that. But uh, the, the one that he did courtside, uh, there was just a hint of tears. An amazing atmosphere out here again. Uh, I just never thought I'd be at a semi-final of a Grand Slam. Honestly, I thought my ship had sailed. Obviously, um, you know, I didn't go about things great earlier in my career and may have wasted that little window. But, you know, just um, I'm really proud of the way that I've just come back out here and, and with my team and just to be able to put on a performance. That was before it was set up uh, that he would beat Nadal in the semi-finals. Nadal Ailing with uh, an ab problem. And, uh, yeah, he'll get to the line. There's no doubt that he'll be there. Sounds like a, quite a long-lasting, long-standing ab problem mm. in this tournament. He said strapping. Imagine how pedantic he'd be with his strapping pressures. <laughs> oh, oh, so. Ask about your two-week free hearing aid trials with Audica and book your free hearing. Check at audica.com.au. And, Paddy, see how I rush through that a little bit with mm. Audica? Because you're nicking off. I am. I'm going, going to ta- I'm, I'm going to take an early mark. I've got a oh. flight to Rocky, yeah. and I'm, I'm helping out the jockey club up there. I've got a couple of mates up there because they're about to go into their new market on tomorrow, uh, and then their Rocky Cup on Saturday. I know a lot of the a lot of the big Brisbane trainers have gone up. Tony Gonnan always takes a big team, but they've been trying to get hold of Willie Pike for ages. Yes, and COVID just hasn't allowed it to happen. So the Wizard of the West 
is there, and I'm going to be privileged enough to uh, do the interview at the at the function today with him. He's had a ball from all the social media posts that I've seen. They've had him out with the cattle. He's a real farm boy. He was he lived on farms. He comes from a place called Coolgardie. It's an old gold mining town in Western Australia, and uh, he, they've had him out with the Brahmins, uh, which are famous up there because Rocky famous for its beef. But they've had him out fishing. They've had him wrestling with, not wrestling with crocodiles. He, he met a couple of crocs and he didn't seem to be enjoying it at all. He had the sour face on when he was holding this baby croc. But he's had the family up there. He's a real family man and uh, and they love him in Rockhampton. And he's he's got a couple of very good rides as well during the carnival. So. Yeah, but he, he'll be useless. He's a terrestrial boy. He's handling crocs, not <laughs> horses. Has he done any track work? I don't, well, I don't. Probably not. Probably, well, it's that time of the year when a lot of the big jocks, you know, the Winter oh, Carnival oh, is oh. done. Uh, they haven't quite started the spring yet. A lot of the top jocks are on holidays, but Willie has kindly gone up to uh, show off his considerable riding skills up there in Rocky over the next couple has of days. Has he done any clinics, I wonder? Yeah, I good luck today. Know. Good luck. Yeah. Thank have God. a great look- time with one of your favourites. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be back tomorrow morning. I'm flying home tonight from Rocky. We'll be back uh, uh, at 6 o'clock. Mark you might Bray get a camera at the airport in. there. See how much you're wobbling. I'll be okay. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, Mark Raybrook is coming into the chair very, very shortly. Stay with us. Vanessa's got the news right now. For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made. And a very good morning. Welcome to the final hour of the program. Paddy is on his way to the airport. Mark Braybrook's filling in for the final hour. He's on his way to Rocky. Big hour planned heels. Very shortly, we're joined by an old mate of mine. I used to play against him, refereed him as we were growing up at Harbord Park, the mule, David Hosking. He'll be joined us. It's Proud Dad's Week this week. Seems because be, yes. we had Ben Walker... <laughs> On the show on, uh, was it Tuesday, talking about Sam uh, being selected in the Queensland State of Origin side. Now my old mate uh, David Hosking, his son Zach is going to be debuting for the Brisbane Broncos on Sunday at uh, Suncorp Stadium. So we'll talk to him very shortly. We're pretty solid in the halfback position, aren't we, Queensland? And they're getting some experience into a few blokes. I like the way they're bringing these younger blokes in too. could go back in there as well as Sam. So, yeah. Tommy Hackett will join us later as well, and we'd love your contribution. 13, 13, 55, particularly about heels as gloves off today. It's one of those things, and I'm sure when we speak to Dave, uh, he will have grown up like you and I, grabbing the footy after school out at the local park or even out on the, the grass verge at the front of the house, whatever it may be, and and pretending he's a hero, diving for the corner of a game of two-on-two, whatever it may have been, it doesn't seem to be happening happening nowadays. Not enough room for kids to play cricket in their backyards. When we're, you know, broken windows. Yeah, I don't think we ever had much room, though, did we? We made room. Well, I've gone back and seen the house I grew up in, in Biloela. Can't believe how skinny <laughs> the path is that we played cricket on. Yeah. And then out the back... Oh, there's tree roots running along across the pitch. Mm. We you probably don't let your kids play on that these days, uh, you know, because it's a bit dangerous. But we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of um, what do you call it? There's a lot of reasons that yeah. are going into that. Yeah, and finding that uh, space, and of course, you know, the Time. TV and gaming and all that sort of stuff's taking over. But anyway, thirteen thirteen fifty five is that telephone number if you'd like to have your say on heels as gloves off today. Well, as I mentioned, a very proud father joining us this morning on Breakfast with Patton Heels. He played with distinction for South and Manly, a Manly junior, 
uh, playing for the great Harbord United, then Valleys. And now on Sunday, he'll be at Suncorp Stadium to see his son, Zach, make his NRL debut. And I'm really happy for him. He's a terrific bloke and he joins us now. David the Mule Hosky, morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Mark. And thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, it's a nice introduction there. Thanks very much. And yeah, it's a long time ago, mate, since we were kicking the ball around oh. at Harbord and you played for St. Augustine's and yeah. we were playing for the Valley. So. Yeah, it was great times, um, mate. Great times. Great times. Fantastic times. Dave, from what I read, you probably enjoyed a can and a durry a bit more than Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just, I, I don't know, it was probably that. The times back then, you know, you just had a bit of played footy because you love footy. You know, that, that's the reason I ever played footy, and and uh, that just went hand in hand with it, I suppose, in the end. Mate, take us back to when you were selected first time to play in first grade. Your reaction to being told you were play, playing first grade compared to your reaction to be told that your son is going to play first grade. Yeah, it, it's quite quite funny. I mean, I, my my first first grade game was a was a midweek cup game for the old Panasonic Cup game, but that probably doesn't count. But I was saying, to, I was talking to someone yesterday. They make a they do a big deal of it now. If your first first grade game, well, I know mine was we played. I was for South, and we played North Sydney at North Sydney Oval, um, and there was no fanfare about it. You just good luck, and you know you're playing first grade. Obviously, at the time, mate, I, it was like yeah. Very, very happy and ecstatic about it. But the phone call I got on um, Tuesday afternoon from Zach was just out of this world. It's, I know how hard he's worked for it. I mean, it's not everyone works hard to get to that position, but I know Zach how hard personally he has worked for it. And he's had a lot of knockbacks and a lot of things go against him on, on his way. Uh, but yeah, he's just persisted and persisted and persisted and finally got there. So. It was just uh, it was just an amazing phone call to take. Now, just before we get on to Zach, Dave, what are, what is your family? How many brothers and sisters has Zach got? Uh, Zach's got an older brother, Jacob, and a, uh, and a sister, younger sister, uh, Ebony. Um, yeah, so there, Jacob's old, a couple of years older than Zach, and uh, Eb's a one year uh, younger than Zach. And she's probably the toughest out of a lot of them. Quite <laughs> <honest>. <laughs> And post football for you, I know. I think you're at Newcastle now. Uh, where where has Zach come from to get to the Broncos? Yeah, he, he's come. He's a Newcastle. We, I moved here 22 years ago okay. from, from the Northern Beaches, and uh, so yeah, he's he's played. You know, started playing footy up here. He he played for the Dudley Magpies. Um, actually, it was Luke Burt's old team was the Dudley Magpies as well, an old Parramatta boy. Yep. Um, and then moved on to Central, uh, Central Newcastle. That was his, his senior club. And, yeah, so he made his, his first grade debut for Central at 18. Um, and then, yeah, then went into the night system after that. So, yeah, it's... Um yeah, he's been in Newcastle all his, all his footy career, for sure. Now, I know you're coming to Brisbane to watch the game on Sunday. How will you be feeling? And I'm, we'll be calling that game, too, here on SEN. Myself, Gary Belcher and Scott Sattler. So a little bit of sense of pride for me to be able to call Zach Hosking's first game in the NRL. How will you be feeling sitting there at such a wonderful, iconic rugby league ground watching your son run out for the first time? What will the emotions be? Oh, uh, man, probably tears. Um I'm very, you know, as I said, very proud of Zach and how we, where he's come from and, and what he's done. And, but, yeah, I mean, like, as, as I say, what a place to, to make you debut. Suncourt Stadium, one of the most iconic grounds in, in ever uh, around the world. So, um, yeah, it'll be very emotional for us. Um, yeah, just, just, I just hope he just goes out and plays well, does what he does every week and, 
you know, does all the little things right and, and just rips in. So, yeah, it'll be very emotional for me, Mark. I'll be, yeah. yeah. And, and, and very so nervous. Be, you know, yeah. I, I, I get nervous watching Zach play. It's, it's funny, you know, I always, I never put it in perspective when, when I was playing it. But now that he plays, it, it's a, it's a nerve wracking experience watching your, you know, your, your son play uh, rugby league. It's, it's a pretty hard game these days. Well, it was a hard game back then, but yeah, it's, you know, you always worry about him getting injured or, you know, something going wrong or, yeah, so, um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a nervous, nervous time as well. I'd definitely tear up. No question about it. Um, I'm tearing up thinking about you tearing it up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you just hope they turn a corner and they get another another shot of confidence. Um, take us back to the phone call. You know, what was it? Was he excited, emotional? Uh, has he got a great passion for being at the Broncos? How did it feel? He did, yeah. Like, um, he didn't. I couldn't really tell from the phone call, but he spoke to his older son Jacob and said, "Yeah, when he when he um, when he got told by Kevy that he was playing, he got a little bit of emotion. He welled up a bit. He said, but the phone call to Dad was just. He said, oh, he said I was blubbering, uh, but I really couldn't tell. So, um, yeah, it was just really, really emotional, and uh, and from my side as well. So, and then you know, getting a heap of messages and ringing." Some, you know, my mother and, and my brother, and you know, uh, it, it worked out really funny because my oldest son Jacob he booked a um, a trip there like ten weeks ago to go to be to be in Brisbane this weekend to watch Zach play for Wynnum on Saturday, and then he was hoping to you know go to the Origin on on Wednesday. <laughs> so he did that ten weeks ago, and my brother who and my mum lives in my brother and mum live in Maxwell in the Mid North Coast there. I think that's in Queensland, isn't it? That's where Greg Inglis come from. So. Yeah, that's yeah, Queensland. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah he, he, he'd also thought, well, you need to take my mum up to watch Zach play. So he booked in for this weekend as well. So instead of going to um, Cougarai Oval, they're going to Suncorp Stadium. So, oh, great stuff. Um, yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's fantastic. So, mate, yeah. what are the strengths of Zach's game? Oh, mate, he's just, he's a worker. He's, he's not that flashy player who's going to do anything, you know, outstanding. You know, he, he, you know, he can make a break and that's, but he's that 1% player that you have in your team where he'll clean up the, the loose ball on the ground or he'll make the tackle that needs to be made or he'll, he'll take that hard run that needs to be. He's just that guy, that worker in your team. You know, someone described him once before like a Dallas Johnson. Okay. Um, you know, so he's just a worker, mate. He works his backside off and, and yeah, just goes, Yes, he does the little things right. He's quite—he's very skillful. He, he actually started as a five-eight halfback, um, and then he had a, one year at hooker. They moved him to hooker one year, and then you know, he grew, and then yeah, end up in the back row. But yeah, he, he's quite skillful with the with the ball in his hand as well. But yeah, he's just—he's a—you know—he's one of those guys you just every every team needs. You know, he just works, works, works. Yeah, heels he, is like his old man in in as much as he left home or left his local environment, being Newcastle, for an opportunity, as you did, Mule, to to leave Manly to go to South to play first grade before heading heading back home. Um, was that a big decision, being a, a Northern Beaches boy, to to head across the bridge? It it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't really, Mark, because at that time, you know. You know Wayne Chisholm, you know, my mate Wayne. Um, and, you know, you played against Wayne as well. Yep. Um, he was at South already. And uh, he'd been there for a couple of years before I went. And, you know, it was just a, trying to get an opportunity. You know, Manly at the time were you know, pretty stock heavy with, with internationals. Um, I, you know, I was, I was playing reserve grade with players like Paul McCabe and Dave Brown and 
Right. You know, wonderful Queenslanders as well, you know. And so to try and get an opportunity in first grade was hard. And, and Wayne was over there and, and Phil Blake was going in 87, the year I went over as well. So it, was, it wasn't that hard a decision to go. You know, ideally, I would, would have loved to have a debut against the Manly. But in the end, I just had to do it for myself and, and try and get an opportunity, which luckily enough, South did give me an opportunity. Um, and yeah, got a, you know, played a few first grade games for them. And then I, I almost didn't have a club after 89 to the 90 and just had a chat to Marty Gurr and Marty said, come and have a trial here. And Graham Lowe liked what he saw. And so, yeah, and then I played four or five years there. For, yes. For and, so, and then that yeah. was your dream come true, hey? What, how did you ring your dad? <laughs> um, mate, I, I think I, I just I was living with mum and dad, so I just went home and told her. Play first day this week, right? So, um, as I said, it wasn't back then. Hills and, and, and Mark, it wasn't a big fanfare like they make of it. These these debuts, it was you know just easy jump, a good luck sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's as I said, it's great what they do now for the for the guys making their debut. They that- they really pump it up, and, and and that's a credit to the NRL and and also w- w- the clubs that they. They play for you know it's it's fantastic. And that was a fair era you played in. I was looking at some footage yesterday. Mick O'Connor, Cliffy Lyons, your great mate John Jughead Jones, who has been on the show here with us as well. And you're going to rattle off Jeff Tuvey. Where do we where do we stop, mate? Yeah, exactly. You know, you throw in Martin Bella, Ern Roberts, yeah. Matty um, Ridge, Craig Hancock on the wing, Matty Ridge, um, David O'Donnell. You know, it, it was just it was a good good really good side and. Uh, um, Cliffy and, and Two's Two's were outstanding. Uh, yeah, Detrow and Daryl Yims as well. As well, Tony Iro, Kevin Iro. So we had a really good side there. Yeah, side heels. Yeah, and don't forget when you know the, the south side that I played yeah. with Craig Coleman and, and Wayne and Mickey Andrews, Mario yeah. Blakey's, the two Blakes, Nick Podgy. So you know I've been lucky enough to play with a great with some great players, like unbelievable players. So I've been very lucky in, in that. Instance, uh, you know, I was just a plotter, mate, and just tried my best. So, um, <laughs> you're more than that, hard plotter. Yeah. <laughs> one, one thing I do on a brother bloke, I did mention is Owen Cunningham. Um, yeah, you know, OJ, what, a, yeah. what a player OJ was, mate. Yeah. And he, you know, never got never gets the raps he deserved. He was, he was just a fantastic player, OJ. Yeah, great stuff, mate. Great to talk to you. We're so happy for you and the family and Zach. And uh, I'll be there on Sunday watching his debut, and um, it'll bring back some great memories for me, as it, I'm sure it will for you. And uh, enjoy it. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks. Thanks, Hurst. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me, mate. And no. uh, to go to Broncos. Eh? I didn't think I'd ever <laughs> yeah. say that. Yeah, well done, mate. Good on your meal. Good on you, mate. David, <laughs> David Hosking, father there of Zach, and that's a nice way to father of Zach. He's, he's joined that club now, Heels. I uh, think Zach yeah. in his profile is called Mule too. Oh, okay. So yeah. that's good. Not Mule 2, mule. just Mule. Yeah, I, I, I remember the last time I played against Wayne Chisholm was for Pittwater, RSL, against uh, Valleys United at Harbord Park, and he's hit me across the jaw and knocked me out. <laughs> so um, that was my last memory of playing against Wayne Chisholm before he went on to grade uh, and played with South Sydney. He was a tough, that, that's tough player. Mule said, yeah, you know my, my mate but Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. I remember he's standing, standing over. He was at, at Marker and I'm on the ground trying to think, where am I? Is this Harbour? Where am I? But anyway, <laughs> it was it was great memories. This is Breakfast with Patton Hills. It is 16 and a half past eight. Breakfast with Pat and Heels on 693 SENQ. Traffic and weather together. There's no 
major accidents or incidents around, but we do still have some congestion at East Brisbane. It, traffic is slow inbound on Wynnum Road at Lytton Road, Gympie Road at Castledine, as well as South Pine Road at Everton Park and the Gateway Motorway northbound at Stretton, all experiencing some delays. We've also had some roadworks causing a few issues around Milton Road at Orkinflower, Gympie Road at Kedron, as well as Old Cleveland Road at Camp Hill. Today's forecast, we are heading for a top of 23 degrees, mostly sunny conditions. That'll be sticking around for the rest of the week with tops around 20 right now, 17 degrees. Thanks, Vanessa. It's 18 past eight. We'll be putting something in the bin next here on Breakfast with mm-hmm. Pat Neils on 693 SENQ at 18 and a half past eight. For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made. 23 and a half past eight on this Thursday morning. Paddy is on his way to Rockhampton uh, to its Rocky Cup weekend. It's a big weekend at Rocky. I'm sure he'll be heading to the Criterion for the mixed grill at some stage, but he'll be back tomorrow applying to, to have a chat with the... Uh, Earl of the East, as we call him now, Willie Pike. Hill. So, uh, Paddy will be. He didn't say where the function was, wasn't it? The Calcutta lunch today. Might be at the Leeds Club. Might be at the Criterion. It might be at the Criterion. You never know. Or the the function room at the the track, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But uh, a big time in Rocky. Now, Sunday is the day that our rookie recruit closes. SENQ's Rookie Recruit. Your chance to be part of the SENQ commentary team in a private suite at Suncorp for the decider. I have no idea who's judging Hills, although you have sort of taken over ownership if someone wants to ring. And uh, yeah. the Hoppies ambassador did ring me and ask me how many entries were in and whether he was half a chance and all None that None of his stuff. business. Well, I told him. Get on the phone and you'll get extra points. Hills will judge you in that respect. Now, you could join myself and Sats uh, for Origin 3. Sold out. July 13. It's not far away. It's Wednesday. Corporate suite. We have uh, a terrific corporate suite where we call the game from. Uh, food and drink provided. You'll be able to have a chat with us at half time to give us your thoughts on how the game is going and whether Queensland can hang on or come from behind or whatever it may be at half time uh, for the decider. All you have to do, like uh, Brad, we've got a few people um, in the office to do it as well. Uh, Linda was terrific. She was yeah. very embarrassed, but she did it. Brad is a Parramatta supporter. There's 15 seconds left in the 2022 Grand Final. Parramatta's on the attack versus Melbourne Storm. Gutherson's got the ball. Gutherson, Gutherson throws a cutout pass to Sivo. Sivo's in the corner. 36-year drought is over. Parramatta win at 26 to 22. Well, you can dream, can't you? Sounds like he only knows three players. <laughs> <laughs> Cut out pass about half a field. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Um, simple as that. And we'll add, the, we'll add the sound effects. You don't have to worry about the sound effects. Oh. We can add that. And tag us on Instagram or Facebook at S-E-N-Q-L-D. S-E-N-Q-L-D. Are you going to be vigilant over the yeah, weekend? Yeah. Well, no. Well, Scouring yeah. that email site and the Instagram and that. Facebook pages. Pattonheels at sen.com.au is our email address, or just give us a call, 13 13 55, and have a crack, and we'll put that sound effect of the crowd underneath you because it's a wonderful money-can't-buy opportunity on Wednesday night. We announce it Monday? I think so. We'll Probably close, close on uh, on Sunday because we've got to get them accreditation and everything to get into the ground. It's a sellout. Mm-hmm. So get your 
act in the gear. Now, thanks to Bosch Bins, what are we binning? Call 1-800-GO-BOSCH-HEELS at 26 and a half past eight. Go Bosch. Right, well, I'm getting rid of the lack of self-belief in Isla Tomlinovic. She's better than that. She doesn't have to stress anymore. I want to see her turn some games around. When a set starts to get away on her, um, I want to see her turn turn them around much more often, deep in tournaments. She probably does that early rounds uh, in general matches. But deep in tournaments, I want to see her feature a little better because she's got a game. I had one thing in mind, we're going to change it. Because when you mention Ali Tomlanovic, and I've just seen a tweet that she's put out, I sound like Pat here, don't I? I've just seen a tweet that she's put out, extremely disappointed about uh, the first question she was asked at the press conference after a two-hour match at Wimbledon in the quarterfinals. The fact that uh, the reporter, the journalist, whoever he was, asked a question about Nick Kyrgios and her relationship and never proceeded to ask another question about tennis throughout the whole press conference. That's the only question he asked. So I want to bin... Um, Journalists, reporters going to press conferences when that that is not their area of expertise, and and, and leave he, that's not the environment. He didn't even hide it, did he? Get in so quick yeah. and expose himself. Yeah, that should have been just sort of camouflaged in amongst a lot of other questions later in the in the questioning. But if you were going to do that, but yeah, it's dreadful. I I remember when I last toured England, late nineties, there was nineteen tabloid um, papers. And I think it's probably more now. Um, and then when England come out to tour cricket, they bring 48 journalists, you know, and there's mm. only about uh, 20 of them that are there to do cricket. The rest that are there to do uh, lots of other exposés. Mm. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I just thought it was, it's embarrassing. I've, embarrassing for the profession to have someone who's solely there to try and muckrake uh, in that respect and trying to get – it's got mm. nothing to do with tennis – uh, you know, potentially if you want to ask a question like that, maybe you try and ask as they're leaving the tennis or something like that, whatever. And even that I'm not fussed with. But for anyone, but particularly Ailea, after losing that quarterfinal in an epic match, you know, she was up a set to love. To be asked a question like that uh, is, I just think, outrageous. Bin. So I'm, I'm binning. Oh, definitely. I'm binning that. The Good f- bin. The Good back, binning. Yeah. Just uh, those that are – that are there week in and week out, those that they're a tennis people, those that are rugby league people, rugby union, etc., whatever it may be, um, sports journalists, not some headline-seeking tabloid. Generally, accreditation's uh, hard to get, eh? Yeah. And you've got to yeah. really be thorough with your application yeah. and, and make those sorts of promises. So I reckon Wimbledon might have been that person too. Yeah, because there's, um, there's not much room. And in, maybe in his company. Whatever he's working for. 13-13-55 is the Brighton Homes open line. You may have a thought. What would you bin? Do you agree with uh, Heels and I? Heels saying that uh, bin Ilya Tomlanovich's doubt about her own ability and hopefully she can kick on from here and me binning that journo for asking the first question. Yeah, um, Jason's a good contributor to our show, isn't he? But uh, he's sort of saying the Victorian state government are investing heavily in rugby league to foster future generations of rugby league. Well, that's one thing, ge- investing in sport. I want investment in skills before the sport mm. so that you can then go on and play a sport as a young kid. You know, get them running, jumping, hitting, catching, throwing. Yeah. Are there enough teachers, though, to do that? N- not really, probably. And mm. and school, you know, classroom teachers probably haven't been through a skill session either. 
Yeah. You know, it's a generation or two gone by now. And in the day of litigation, uh, I don't think a teacher gets very nervous, don't they, yep. about taking some kid outside who may fall over and break his arm. Yeah, sport can be arm. quite intimidating yeah, if you're not sure. Exactly. We've got the 8.30 news coming up here on uh, 693 SENQ, Breakfast with Patton Hill. Still to come this morning after nine, the captain's run with Denon Kemp and Cameron Smith. And it is the richest night of greyhound racing in Queensland yes. tonight. Luke Gatehouse will have an extra special CEO's cut of state tonight for the big night. So all that and more as we head towards nine o'clock here on 693 SENQ. It's half past eight. Breakfast with Patton Heels. Mark Braybrook for Patty who's on his way to Rocky. He'll be back tomorrow and the captain's run after nine o'clock with Cam and Denon Kemp. And of course, the NRL tonight. We've got uh, the Sharks and the Storm doing battle. The Sharks have got a couple of players with COVID. Today is going to be really interesting because Nico Hines and Toby Rudolph are out and they'll be desperately hoping that today, when all those players are going to be tested to make sure they're okay, that none of them, no one else has come down with COVID. And the Sharks were so happy getting those players back, you know, getting Hines out of camp. Uh, Melbourne Storm got all these players away. They were really happy to have their almost full-strength team together, mm. and it's not that case anymore. Interesting uh, discussion you had earlier um, and we'll, about Brian To'o, who said he wants to play for Samoa in the World Cup at the end of the year. I don't have a problem with that at all. I think it's wonderful that players with the, their heritage w- want to play with their country, but I question whether or not – I know Paddy says they should be allowed to play Origin. I'm not so sure about whether those players – that have chosen to play for Samoa. Samoa's not a Tier 1 country. If it was a Tier 1, he wouldn't be allowed to play Origin. But because it's Tier 2, he is allowed to play Origin. Yes. I'm just not sure that that's the case. What about, you know, Josh Adokar sitting there, can't get a game, and is likely now to be in the the World Cup squad at the end of the year, but not yes. playing Origin. Yeah, those teams will be different, won't they? Mel yeah. will be really scouring through to see what he's got uh, that, to put into the kangaroo team. It's all this argument and debate heels, isn't it, about do we have the best players playing Origin or do we have the best players that want to represent Australia playing Origin? Well, you just want to, well, definitely start one step back from that. You want the best players that want to do the job for Queensland and New South Wales mm-hmm. playing a football game and then work out the, the rest for yourself. But uh, I think uh, it's about Origin for me, not about after selection. Uh, so you so on the other want to make New South Wales and Queensland as parochial and aggressive as we possibly can. Don't have a problem with that. But test football should still be the ultimate representing your country, which you have done. Should not that be the ultimate goal? Yep. And whatever your country is. Yes. So um, I'd, I'd even say tier. Why do they de- delineate between tier one and tier two? Because you're playing against tier one and you're giving them all this experience in origin before they play against the kangaroos. Well, it's like first and second division, I suppose, that those countries like developing nations. That's that's another way for saying a developing nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why can't you play origin and not for your tier one country? Well, because origin's supposed to be about representing your state and then representing your country. That It's about those 34 players on show to see who's going to represent Australia after that. Well, there, yeah, is there no not others? New, not New Zealand, not England or Papua New Guinea or Samoa, Tonga or whatever, Fiji, uh, represent Australia. Mm. So that's that's the side of the fence I'm on. 131355 is that telephone number. Which side do you sit on? 
You can also send us a text on the Becker Watt Lawyers text line 0467 736 736. Try all new mates mode today and lad break it together. Gamble responsibly at 24 to 9. Tom Hackett, good morning. Good morning, Mark. How are the Wimbledon markets looking after this morning's matches? Nick Kyrgios into his maiden Grand Slam semi-final, and he's favourite to beat Rafael Nadal, who survived injury and five sets of chaos against Taylor Fritz to get the job done there. Nick Kyrgios is $1.65, Rafael Nadal $2.20. So the Ladbrokes traders are confident that Nick Kyrgios will be playing in his maiden Grand Slam final on uh, the early hours of uh, Sunday night, and that's, that will be something to behold. Early betting is already really ramping up on this. Basically, as soon as uh, the Nadal match was done, the market was up and punters were getting involved. We've already had a 5,000 bet on Kyrgios at, at the $1.65 there, so punters are with uh, Nick here ahead of this semi-final clash. In the other semi-final, Novak Djokovic is a dominant favourite. He's seven. Cameron Norrie, the local hope, is $9. So Djokovic, uh, you don't normally see players start that short in a Grand Slam semi-final, but uh, Djokovic's record at this level and at Wimbledon uh, suggests that he does deserve that uh, that price. So uh, our market saying it could be a Nick Kyrgios, Novak Djokovic, uh, Wimbledon final, and we know there's no love between those two. So I think whatever happens over the next few days, we're, we're certainly going to see some fireworks. I don't think that Nick's going to go out with a whimper at this stage of the tournament. No, and the crowd are going to love Norrie, so that's going to be a frenzied match too. $9, you wouldn't have seen anyone so high as well as so low from Djokovic. But I think Kyrgios and Djokovic is the sem- the final now is because pa- Nadal, Nadal will be yeah, absolutely buggered by, by then, mm. won't he? Well, and it'll be interesting to see what the Wimbledon crowd does with a Novak Djokovic versus Nick Kyrgios final. Because I'd argue in uh, in the UK, they may be the two least popular players on the HEP tour. So yeah. it'll be very interesting to see what the crowd does because we know the Wimbledon crowd, I'm not huge fans of Novak Djokovic, but it's hard to see a Wimbledon crowd really embracing Nick Kyrgios as well. So that'll be, uh, if we do get that final, the, the way the crowd uh, response will be really interesting as well. And there plenty of Australians will be wondering as yep. well in that respect. Now, the Wallabies play on Saturday night. Tommy, we had Eddie Jones on the program. If you missed that, you can catch the podcast as well. So uh, don't forget that all our interviews go on the podcast here on 693 SENQ. So make sure you subscribe to that podcast, but also the Patton Hills Breakfast Show as well. For um, free too. Yeah, you don't have to yeah, Subscribe sounds like well, money the, involved. That's the term so I just, they use. I just yes, chucked yeah. in. Okay, it's free. free. Yeah. So who's going to be favourite Saturday night, Tommy? Very similar market to what we saw in game one here. Australia are $1.62 favourites. England $2.30. It was a really interesting first test where uh, and England had many chances to win that game, just couldn't put it to bed with Australia down to 14 men. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see how they respond here at that Suncorp Stadium. Should be a, a really big crowd there as well. So the line's currently three and a half points. I, I wouldn't be surprised here if Australia are able to produce a more comprehensive performance. I quite like the Aussies here to win this match and cover the line of three and a half points as well. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then the other two rugby league games, Broncos St. George, how's that shaping on the markets? And then Origin. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting, this Broncos-St. George game, because there's been good support for the Dragons. The Broncos were $1.65. They're now out to $1.78. St. George, two twenty-five into $2.05. They've sort of flown under the radar at St. George. They're, mm. they're in the top eight despite having a disastrous point differential, but they've won four of their last five, and they've been playing some pretty good football as well. So with uh, the Broncos missing a number of uh, key players due to origin commitments, uh, it is a tough uh, task for the Broncos. But St. George, they haven't travelled well 
uh, over the past couple of seasons. They've lost 12 of their last 13 interstate matches. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how that one does end up. State of origin, we haven't really seen any movement in the market. It's basically prices have stayed the same since markets went up. New South Wales still the dollar sixty five favourites. Queensland's two twenty five. The big money just staying to flow in, and it's mainly for New South Wales. Mm. But it's not as overwhelming as we, as it was ahead of Game Two, where it was just one way traffic. New South Wales. We are seeing a few big bets coming for Queensland as well. So not any movement whatsoever in this uh, Origin market. So I'm interested to see what it does over the next few days as well. Good on you, Tommy. We'll see you in here tomorrow. Ladbroker together with Mates Mo, the better way to chat, share, and bet together. Gamble responsibly. This is Breakfast with Pat Neils on 693 SENQ on this Thursday morning. Big night at Albion Park. We'll speak to Luke Gatehouse a little bit later. We've got some text we've got to get through as well. But a Thursday morning, the rain seems to have disappeared and we've got Good. a big weekend of sport coming up. And you'll hear it right across the SEN network, including the Lions and Essendon into the Broncos and the Dragons on Sunday. We've got the NRL tonight as well. And, of course, the cricket. Starts tomorrow. Second tested goal. You can hear that here on SEN as well. Wow, what a weekend we've got coming up at 19 to 9. For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made. Mark Braybrook for Pat, uh, who's on his way to the airport to head to Rocky for the Rocky Cup and a big uh, sportsman's function up there where we speak to the Earl of the East. Uh, Willie Pike. So he'll be back tomorrow. 14 to 9 is the time here on Breakfast with Pat Neals on this Thursday morning. I was telling you, Heels, uh, during the break, it was a big day yesterday. I got a photo sent of my granddaughter with a bravery certificate. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's great. I wonder what she got. And my wife said, have you read what the certificate's for? And I said, no, no, just that she got a bravery she certificate. saved someone in the surf? I, I'm, or helped a lady across, an old lady across the street, whatever it may be. No. <laughs> Um, she got her ears pierced yesterday. She's five. And so she got a bravery certificate for getting her ears pierced. That is another marker along the road of life that makes me feel very old that my granddaughter now has her ears pierced. Yeah. And Peter's uh, text here is a beauty too. The introduction of iPads, social media, Mario and other computer games took active kids inside and uh, as a community, we've never recovered. Christmas Day, you don't even see kids out riding their new bike now, playing with a new bat or throwing netballs and basketballs. So they get more joy from a new mobile phone or an Apple Watch and that's pretty sad and I think we've got to make a few more attempts at recovering that because uh, it was a crucial part of our nation. A timely um, uh, text there from Chuck is that the fact on Saturday, my daughter was out. They went to Arachula Hills to the yeah. local markets at Arachula. Yes, bought some right, stuff. Yeah. They're really nice. Came back to my daughter's place and my grandson, Miles, was playing FIFA. And there was enormous roars coming from the lounge room. They could hear them outside because Miles had just scored a goal on FIFA. Not a goal in the backyard or anything like that, but a goal on FIFA. So, yeah, that is your 100% right. You've got to do a bit yeah. of both. A bit yeah. of both. We've got to do a bit of both. You can't take that off him. No, no, no. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, yeah. I just... Just find ways. Yeah, absolutely. 13 13 55 is the Brighton Homes open line. You can send us a text 0467736736. Don't forget the captain's run with Denning Kemp and Cam Smith coming up after nine here on 693 SENQ. And tonight we've got the Sharks and the Storm. We'll keep our fingers crossed for the Sharks players and that COVID hasn't gone through the club there. 
And then on Sunday, it's a big day as well because we've got the Broncos and the Dragons straight after the Lions in Essendon. We've got the cricket as well. So a whole range of sport right across the weekend here on 693 SENQ. A big night tonight at Albion Park because it's the richest night of greyhound racing in Queensland. The Group 1 Brisbane Cup Final and the Queensland Cup Final, which is also a Group 1. Luke Gatehouse will join us after the break on Breakfast with Patton Hills. It's 11 to 9. For IMAR Insurance, get an online quote and instant cover anywhere, anytime. Visit imar.com.au. Patton Heels on 693 SENQ. Queensland made. Six to nine on this Thursday morning. Paddy on his way to Rocky. So Mark Braybrook filling in through until nine o'clock. Then the captain's run with Cameron Smith and Denon Kemp. But the Tad Queensland winter racing, Greyhound Racing Carnival is here. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. It is Christmas morning for Luke Gatehouse from the Brisbane Greyhound Racing Club. Morning, mate. How are you? Good morning, boys. We're pumped for a big night tonight, and the sun is shining, thankfully. Yeah. yeah. You've had a rough trot, haven't you? Um, so congratulations <laughs> and good luck. Uh, you've been happy with the media coverage you've been getting for tonight? Yeah, really nice yeah. coverage yesterday in the Courier Mail, and uh, some nice pictures there of uh, Benny Thompson and, and Stephanie Thornton with uh, with Equaliser, who's looking to go back-to-back in the Brisbane Cup, and is very impressive last week, so... Hasn't got a great box tonight, but he finds his way through a field, so he's, he's a big chance. Half a million dollars for the Brisbane Cup, quarter of a million dollars almost for the Queensland Cup, and then we've got the listed Mick Byrne Memorial Novice with some good prize money as well. So it's a massive night, the richest night in Queensland, isn't it, for Greyhounds? It certainly is, and a little dog called Adulate going around in the Mick Byrne Memorial Novice. So uh, mm. there might be a few excited people around SEN and a few other radio stations and uh, media outlets today. How does Adulate go at Albion Park? Uh, he's run two seconds, so he just doesn't quite find the 500, and he, he tracks wide. So you'll need a bit of luck because there's some very fast young dogs in this one, but... Uh, He's in a final, and that's what matters. And the good thing about this rich night, you've got enough Queensland dogs uh, in those Group 1 races. Yeah, and, you know, people always say, oh, the Southerners come up and take our money, but uh, we had a lot of Southerners up last week, and we have that home ground advantage. So uh, we got four through to the, the Sprint final, the Brisbane Cup, and two through to the Stayers final, the Queensland Cup. So... You know, we get our chance to the locals. You put the best against the best and you're racing for the best prize money. So uh, really looking forward to that. One of my best mates had the Angels perform as his wedding band at his wedding. You've got uh, the next best. You've got the Angels tribute band tonight. Yeah, they'll be rocking uh, before the first and then uh, doing the big pre-race entertainment prior to the Brisbane Cup final. So uh, you can probably run a market on what their final song is going to be, but it'll be an absolute cracker. Yeah. I'm sure I'm yeah. sure it will be. Now, what about your tips for tonight? Uh, but you're not going out on a limb, are you? For the Brisbane Cup, you're just unsure. I'm unsure, but uh, I did, when the markets came up last week, I had a little bit of money on Photo Man when it came up $6 because I, my theory in these big finals is that box one is worth a lot to you. Uh, he got f- box one in the the Flying Army Classic final and duly saluted there and uh, a lot of people with that theory as well because he's $6 into $3.40 equal favourite this morning for the for the big final. So uh, mm. a great chance, but five specials elsewhere. So you know, you'll have plenty tonight once you go home. They look like outsiders to me, so just run through them for us. <laughs> okay, in the Queensland Cup, number one, Bedrock Fred. He's been very impressive up here. He's $2.50 favourite for the final. 
We then roll into race seven, number three, good odds cash at around about dollar eighty. Follow it up with the, the kennel mate, race nine, number four, good odds Emma at a dollar eighty five. <clears throat> race ten, number five, Tomahawk Hazus has to overcome box five, but best dog in the field, two dollars seventy. And we finish it off in the lucky last week. Might as well hang around for race twelve. Uh, to Masters race, burnt ends flew around the track last start from an inside draw and probably do the same again tonight. It's $2.40 this morning. Get there early. The first is at 6.19, so you want to see the Angels tribute band before that. The last is at 10.31, and then you can let the hair down and really enjoy your CEO's cut of state, Luke. Good luck tonight, mate, and I hope it's a big one. Thanks, Luggy. Thanks, guys. The Tab Queensland Winter Greyhound Racing Carnival at Albion Park is the place to chase. Gamble responsibly. Call one 800 858 858 should be a cracking night at Albion Park. And I'm yeah. glad that the weather's cleared and they'll have a terrific night. They'll have a huge crack. Half a million dollars, Heels, mm. for a Greyhound race tonight. Yeah, Wouldn't one have... race. Yeah. Another 225 in the Queensland Cup. Yeah. So, yeah, Benny's dad and Steph's father-in-law mm. is the trainer and owner. Or b- yeah. And his brother's involved trainer. as well. Yeah, and they've right. had some really good How success. How wide is equalizer? did he say? He's, he's running wide? from wide. Oh, That's why he's not tipping it. Maybe eight. I don't know. I didn't. Yeah, it's the I'm, comeback I'm king sure. uh, coming back from injury. Surprising comeback, actually, for equaliser. So go, Benny and Steph. We're just about running out of time. Don't forget the captain's run is coming along very shortly after nine o'clock with Cam Smith and Denon Kemp. Cam back from Warwick. They had a terrific time, the Queensland side in Warwick. So mm. we'll hear all about that. We'll be back tomorrow morning. You and uh, Paddy will be back tomorrow morning from six o'clock to do it all again. It's a big weekend, isn't it? It is. We've got the Wallabies. We had a terrific chat to Eddie Jones. And if you missed it, you can podcast it. So go to the pod, wherever you get your podcast from. Just go to the podcast and search for Patton Hills or 693 SENQ and make sure you subscribe, download the podcast, because they're all on there, including Graham Arnold and David Hosking will be on there. And Mine seem to be downloaded for me. Oh, well, there you go. I, yeah. don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I just go into SEN and there they all are. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. click on the podcast yeah. app and yeah, there there's go. Patton Hills. Yep. Have a good day. See ya. We'll be back tomorrow. Enjoy your Thursday. Captain's Runners next. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.